0: Welcome to the DC special podcast brought to you by Rolled Spine. I'm a Machina. machine with me is Yeah, Frank. And Mr. Fixit. And today we're gonna to talk to you about Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman eighty four, hitting all streaming services or streaming devices and major theaters near you. Socially distance, wear a mask. Our theater was pretty clean, so okay. So let's start with that first. Let me ask, how did you guys consume this product? Let's so start wait, with wait. Mr. Fix. I Fix-It. watched it Christmas
1: Day on HBO Max. Excellent. And then my sister had rented a theater, so I've seen it twice. In two different formats with a large group of different types of people
0: and so, how was your theater renting experience so how did they did they provide food No, no. Is it, is you it walk just up like you snacks, normally would snacks at
1: the concessions uh theater's pretty clean they talk about you know how the other cleaning their process are doing all everybody has masks on I, I felt pretty safe
0: okay that's good i uh,
1: granted that's we were also spaced like crazy one of the little mid-sized theaters so the theater holds maybe what 50 60 people
0: there's like none of us if that so they required even though you were there together as one party they still required you to socially distance. Yes. Which we did. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. How about you there, uh, Diabolus Frank?
2: Well, I had promised myself that I was not going to see Wonder Woman 1984 before I saw it theatrically. I wanted that theatrical experience and I wasn't sure how that was going to work out because I'm also pretty vigilant against COVID as you guys can verify. However, I did receive a private screening of the movie as my Christmas present as safely as as humanly possible to go to a theater and see the movie we did. And it was one of the best cinema experiences i've ever had because we essentially the the manager of the theater was our concierge uh this person took care of us throughout the experience that person cooked our food and, and brought it to us on a table that they had within the theater so that they could drop off and then when we were comfortable we could go down and pick it up and eat and they asked us do you want to start the movie now do you want to wait till after you eat so it was really catered to us and so it felt very much like it, a, an incredible indulgence certainly how could i not enjoy that theatrical experience
0: so wait let, this guy like hibachi food for you in front of you i no, the
2: cooking did not take place within the theater, but that person Ow. finished cooking the food, brought it into the theater for his head personally, put it on the table. Uh, Paquita burned herself quite badly because of how fresh and hot the food was.
0: I thought you meant like he was making the little onion trains and stuff and <laughs> going choo-choo and then clanking his stuff around right for uh, the no, climax. Pa-
2: pass on that because that would have not have been safe.
0: Okay, so that's what I'm looking for now. I now want uh, one of your hibachi station Asian-style food restaurants fused with a movie theater. That's what I want now. I want it to go to the next level.
2: (laughs) And I will say this too. It was good food. The the person did a very good job. We were, there was, there was no complaints from us whatsoever.
0: I want a Benny Hine, Benny Hanna style shrimp flick up in like the fourth or fifth row of a movie theater while we're watching a a film. I'm just saying now, now you've got me like, now I'm thinking, now I'm wondering about like investment opportunity.
2: Which is also hilarious because you were the only one of the three of us that did not see it theatrically in some capacity.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is how I watched it. So uh, a couple years ago, I sort of like made a home office kind of a deal at my house, a complete, and because space is sort of a, a valuable thing where we're at, we decided instead of putting a TV on the wall, we would do a projector because in short, confined spaces, you can make these huge screens with it. So, I've got like a 150-inch projected screen on one of the walls here probably six to nine months before COVID hit, where I would be working from home and now I have a dedicated office, which is like incredible. Now, they're releasing theatrical releases of movies for people to consume at home on a streaming dongle, and I have basically a movie theater at my house. It's the most ridiculous serendipity I've ever seen in my life. So, look, we're finding some silver linings here, people. Give us a break. Okay. So, uh, that's how I watch it. So, I watch it streaming night of theatrical quote unquote release. Fix It watched it twice. He watched it night of release and then watched it in the theater, and you watched it in the theater.
2: Right. I've not revisited I think, it on HBO Max yet. I, I, I just didn't have the opportunity. And also, I kind of wanted to, I really wanted this conversation to reflect that initial viewing and focus as much as I could manage on the movie that was in front of me as opposed to the greater. CinemaScape and other movies and the like I'm sure that's going to come into it but I'm trying to Focus as much on the actual movie as Possible
0: yeah well and and I do think that this Is really uh I mean it's the first in a lot Of ways we've had a lot of movies come out and Just you know go straight to streaming and stuff like that This year but this was one where really Avoiding spoilers and things like That is almost more impossible than Normal because so many had People had access to watch it Mm -hmm. at Bizarre times of the day immediately Upon its release right and and also I
2: think on the 16th internationally so that meant international viewers were putting up review videos two weeks before anybody in the states or north america i guess had a chance to even see the thing so there was absolutely no courtesy with regard to this fucking movie for sure
0: well that and well from what i understand and you can correct me if i don't know how much you've consumed of aftermarket media related to this film i, I, I
2: had it, to so I've, I've, yeah. I've tried to avoid that i want to have my own opinions and not parrot anybody else's but it was hard to miss the reaction to this movie so i I'm, uh, i have an awareness.
0: So, but. The, I heard that that was one thing that Warner Brothers did consciously is that they found that uh international reviewers are like pretty kind and they're way more forgiving. So they just released that. That was one of the main reasons why they released it overseas and let there be basically no embargo for reviews over there Um, versus here in the United States where people are all cynical and jaded and want to, you know, get reactionary headlines and stuff like that. Um, So, I mean, and I only say that I obviously we're not doing the review of the film yet. I'm just saying that as in when you said it was released overseas first, part of that was very much calculated on from... from- I- I figured it would be
2: very difficult to argue that Warner Brothers did not game reviews toward friendlies based on the precipitous fall of the Rotten Tomatoes score. The uh, Potentially, this is the sole instance of a movie that was previously certified fresh losing that standing. And certainly, uh, I think when when it came out, wasn't it like somewhere like 88 or 89 on Rotten Tomatoes? Correct. And the last time I checked, it was at 61. It actually dropped from day to day. It's from, like I think, I checked Thursday, or no, Wednesday and then I checked Thursday and it already lost another point. And I think you go into rotten after 60, right?
0: Yes, that's well, I don't know if it's rotten or no longer certified fresh. I don't know. If, if no, they it's definitely
2: not certified it. fresh anymore. But I mean, it might actually yeah. go into rotten if it loses uh, any more ground than it already has.
0: Or it turns into the green splat instead mm-hmm. of the red tomato. Whatever. Yeah, I
2: think 60 is the, the number. If you go below 60 you splat. So to go from but, near 90 to barely still holding on to a fresh of any kind uh it shows that there was definitely something going on there that was uncommon within movie
0: yeah and i and i think that well but at the same time i believe somebody said at one point it was tracking the way captain marvel did where it kind of came out gangbusters and then once wide audiences started seeing it and, and I'm, I'm again i'm not we're not saying reviews of the film yet whether you find that they're just or not whether or not it's you know i think captain marvel suffered from a lot of people who just hated the movie because they hated brie larson before the movie even came out Oh sure oh or yeah that, there was negative reviews were being
2: posted to ron tomatoes before the movie even came out from people right. who had absolutely had not seen it solely for political motivation I mean. so it,
0: it was tracking it was tracking with Captain Marvel and one other movie I'm pretty sure it was Donna Justice maybe mm-hmm. no it was Donna Justice because remember Donna Justice came out and it was just like because they didn't let people review that ahead of time and mm-hmm. it just came out bad yeah um, there was another film that it was tracking with um, you know that was sort
2: what of like, the oh, final ultimatometer was for Captain Marvel
0: I want to say mid 60s which for a Marvel movie is pretty bad yeah that's like Thor Dark World um, Iron Man 3 I think finally started dipping into the 60s Ooh, um, nice I'm glad to hear that oh no, no for People sure. Uh, I, I think yes. long term I think long term tomometer is far more accurate than short term tomometer. Mm-hmm. Um because yeah, I think I want to say Iron Man three is actually getting pretty close to Iron Man two. Mm. Um, let me check internet sir
1: actually captain so, oh, marvel my, captain iron marvel's is 79 captain marvel's meter is 79 so it's so captain marvel is tied with
0: iron man 3 yeah why did i think it, it was uh i could be wrong where's iron man 2 iron man 2 i know isn't see iron man 2 is 72 okay okay
2: I, that's still respectable anything over 70 you're you're in respectable territory
0: yeah when you count there's so like dark world 66 yeah
2: well Wonder
1: woman's at 61 right now
2: yeah okay so it's just barely okay. hanging on
1: yeah um
2: uh, one thing i wanted to point out while we have a pause too was that i'd actually thought about trying to uh, do a little gaming myself and try to make it seem as though i uh fix it and i had seen the same private screening because i was concerned that that might be too much of a privacy issue for people to know that but apparently about 12 percent of all screenings for wonder woman were private screenings and they contributed to the large scale Uh, because it it is the number one movie to come out during the pandemic it just annihilated tenants numbers and obviously we're in the midst of a spike so if anything. Think you have a greater reason to not go to a movie theater now than ever and yet more people turned out for the movie but again they were doing that with private screenings and so a lot of money is coming from people who are willing to spend extra for they have this opportunity uh well above and beyond what you would do for a normal movie obviously
0: that's interesting wow that's a huge percentage i, I certainly not
2: would that. not have uh gone to the movie if i could not have seen it as a private screening or with like a substantially reduced number of people
0: um but but let's face it wonder woman one was is a was a huge huge film mm-hmm. i think it, you know what i mean and, and I think a lot of people really, really, really love that movie and yeah. enough to be like, we're renting a screen for this. Right? I don't want to watch it at home. Uh, let's drop a little extra coin. It'll, it's probably the one movie they paid for all year. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so send it, as the kids yeah. say. Well, and
2: also, was there a superhero movie this year besides Wonder Woman? Bloodshot, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, oh, Bloodshot. Jesus. But that went straight
1: to VOD, though. No, it had a theatrical run, too. Did it? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know. I thought it went straight to VOD. It,
2: it, went, weirdly, it went very quickly to <laughs> VOD. I think that they still had simultaneous uh, theatrical and VOD. OD, but it got a week or two out before the COVID really hit hard. I think it was that Invisible Man were the ones that came out like right before the things got crazy, and so I think they had a week or two of theatrical, and then they did a, a, the dual stri- uh, options.
0: Okay. okay, all right, that's interesting. Okay, so I mean, do we want to talk about the movie? I, I don't, I don't really know how much of a recap we need to do because uh, again, with the streaming, I think so many people have seen this movie. Yeah, like a lot of people have seen this movie. Mm-hmm. There, there's none of this. Hey, I'm waiting around. Don't spoil it for me. I, I think just if you wanted to see this movie, you've probably already seen it the um, only
2: recap I want to give is actually for the first Wonder Woman in that we all three saw it in the same theater back when you could do that sort of thing and it was one of the more miserable cinematic experiences I've ever had in part because of a bleeding drunkard that we had to harangue the uh, theater to finally re- eject because he wouldn't shut up uh, for the first act of the fucking movie um, and wait, then,
0: wait, wait no I, I, wait let, let me, and let me clarify he was there with like his wife and child mm-hmm. and was so drunk he had to be thrown out and it, as soon as they threw him out the employees were like oh we know that guy like mm-hmm. they, like it, it went from wow this guy's like an annoying asshole to this is straight up like sad mm-hmm. it, and you could see like, I mean his wife and kid were there trying to watch this movie and almost they you got the like oh no here we go again vibe which was yeah. terrifying folks.
2: that's terrible but then we went back to uh, fix its place and I had a, a, a DP session with you two I was like Sherry O'Terry between Whoa! the United the Roxbury guys where uh, I'm trying my best to you know defend a movie that while flawed was something I'd waited most of my life to see and was really happy that it existed and that it wasn't completely terrible. And you guys just fucking molested that movie for multiple hours. Um, to the point where I had no intention of seeing the movie with you guys, had no intention of recording a podcast about the movie, the sequel I should say, with you
1: guys. I, I actually I'm quite shocked you're recording this with us right now because <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I sent uh Mac Cura Tech saying, Oh, he's not gonna want to record with us. <laughs> well,
2: so what happened is I saw the movie and I still thought, okay, I, I knew Mac in particular said I've got all these notes and I've got all these things I want to talk about and yada yada and so I was like okay well, we're going to have to do something so maybe what I'll do is because I never covered the first movie on my Diana Prince Wonder Woman podcast uh, because it was going to be a deep dive and after the session with you guys my ass was so ripped up that I could never bring myself to fucking you know Go. do it huh? Go. yeah um, and then I thought well okay well yeah especially because I'm in the midst of doing a year of the cheetah uh, a series on that podcast I thought I would just drop in a solo review you know without having to deal with any you know arguing or anything else and then the following week we could do the more deconstruction uh take on it and then like i looked at stuff for about an hour like i typed an introduction i looked at some of the the videos like reviews and looked at some articles talking about the movie and i just realized it's too fucking much that i just don't have the energy to go to unpack this movie because it's got so fucking much going on in it that it's like you know i'd much i need the guys to do this i want to hear the guys say what they think and we'll discuss our various reactions i'm not as passionate about discussing this one uh i'm not as defensive of course because wonder woman has become a real pop icon since the first movie to the point where i think that she can she doesn't need me in the fight for her anymore um and so i i actually i I got to the point where i needed to talk to you guys because there was no way i could break down this movie in the time necessary i i just couldn't i needed you guys for it so a complete 180 on my expectations going in this movie or coming out of the movie i should say
0: well and and my uh, the reason i wanted to review it is just because like 2020's been such a shit year for comic book media in general. This this one is actually, like again, you said, I would have made $85 million in the first weekend or whatever in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And if we failed to review this movie when we literally had instant access to it, it's kind of doing a disservice to our listeners because I think a lot of people, especially for you, Frank, they want to know what you thought of this movie, especially with the controversies sort of surrounding it. I think people want to know what you think. Well, and especially,
2: Um, I got to say, I mean, I don't want to be like, dun dun -dun," but so many of the reviews. I listened to a few dozen reviews, uh, particularly on YouTube. Wait, and
0: wait did even, you say a? Wait, did you say a few dozen?
2: Not in, not not all of them the full ones. I mean, okay. some of them you got a pretty good idea where these people are coming at pretty quickly. So you give them ninety seconds, and it's like, blip, move on to the next one. You suck. Uh, but so many of the people who were defending the movie were like, "I've been a fan of Wonder Woman since the first movie in 2017." I'm like, fucking deuce, get yeah. the fuck <laughs> out of here. So I'm not claiming to be like the the expert or anything, but given that I was watching the TV TV show back in the 70s and 80s and uh, actively collecting the comics. Uh, I mean, I collected the entire second volume, you know, 200 and some odd issues. I went to back issues. I went to forward issues from that point. I've read a hell of a lot of Wonder Woman comic books and been a fan, hardcore fan since about 93, 94. So I think I have a little bit different perspective than a lot of these fucking uh, uh, Joni come latelys on the fucking YouTubes.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, and I think that's, again, that's why I think people want to know your opinion. So I think to kind of sit around and, and wait that, and I also think people are going to get really sick the coverage of this um, movie real fast. I agree. Okay, cool. So, I mean, do you want me to do like a quick, quick recap or what? Hell no.
2: Everybody, anybody who gives a shit about a review of this movie has already had every opportunity to see this movie. We ain't recapping shit.
0: Well, okay. Well, since I have some stuff written down, I'll go ahead and just go first. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the movie started out and look, I know this sounds like I'm going to start recapping it now. I'm I'm not, but there may be some chronological uh, markings under my discussion here. The movie starts out with um, Wonder Woman's, you know, doing her, what what is it? The contest? Is that what they call it? I, they
2: don't specifically say that it is the contest from the comics. Well, when I, say they,
0: when I say they, I mean Wonder Woman lore. It's yeah. the contest, right? Well, kind the of. thing is
2: the contest was specifically to win the right to be Wonder Woman. That's her origin story. And okay, obviously we've already done it. the Wonder Woman origin story. And so it makes sense, though, that given the culture of the Amazons, that they would have a variety of types of contests. But because the contest is a loaded term within a Wonder Woman's lore, we're just going to say they having a contest, I guess, or it, a contest. Comp- Competition.
0: They're having an contest. Um, and from, okay. So which I thought was nice. I thought that was a nice, fun little scene. Um, and it, I believe it serves the purpose to sort of give you, because uh, at the very end, she cheats to win. Uh, and uh, we should probably just, obviously this is going to be, throughout the whole thing, we're going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. There are no non-spoilery and spoilery sections of this podcast. We are spoiling everything. Uh, I think that they're, they're basically setting up the foundation for the rest of the movie because she cheats to win. And the rest of this movie is all about not having shortcuts in life you can't take shortcuts shortcuts um you you need to earn uh what you want right like there's there's a cosmic balance and taking the shortcut or cheating usually ends up bad for everybody involved um so after that scene though they go straight to the mall scene and i know they'd released like a 10 minutes of wonder woman footage did anybody watch that 10 minutes
2: i i I made a point of not watching that but my understanding based on hearing from other people was that it was that contest
0: sequence it was the contest. okay Mm -hmm. so because i i I didn't know which one it was so because it seemed to me like that mall sequence was built for a 10 minute snip to release so i, I just when we started this podcast i was about to mention the 10 minute well i mean uh, I, don't I don't think, think the
2: that. contest section lasts for a full 10 minutes so it's quite it possible they have a bit of both
0: okay uh so then it goes to obviously it's night it's the 80s and they're doing this 80s mall scene and i was like oh i'm kind of getting this movie now it's not only that it's set in the 80s but it's like an 80s movie you know like those the kind of hokey 80s movie where the guys are like slipping on like you know there's old some shit spilled on the floor and the guys are, whoa, and they're slipping and falling down and things like that. It's
2: like the leader of the the robbers has that fucked up hair and he looks like a Matt Brewer character or something. They all look like character actors. They all, none of them look like actually intimidating hoods or anything. And so that's a choice. That's clearly a choice.
0: So I I was like, okay, she's going to make, I was like, I wonder if they're actually going to continue this throughout the movie. Is this going to be like an 80s movie? Like she's going, she's not just saying we're going to dress them in the 80s. 80s with some leg warmers and shoulder pads, but it's literally going to be like an 80s flick because even Wonder Woman's action in that opening scene was really weird. Like, she was almost like ice skating around. It definitely didn't look like anything from the first movie, the way they kind of established the physics of the Wonder Woman world. You know what I mean? Like, And and they do this in these movies, right? And Marvel is huge with it because they want it to be consistent throughout all of their movies. They want the physics in Captain America to be the same as Iron Man, to be the same as Thor, you know, uh, so that they have the same... And we've heard the directors complain about this where it's like, nope, it's the same special effects department doing all the movies. Like it's completely out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that's done on purpose to have you, because it's a universe. Um, So, but like that opening sequence was really weird. And I was almost sh- not almost paying attention to what was going on because the way she was moving. The was aesthetics so were
2: distracting to you. Very
0: distracting. Uh, because I'm like, oh, like this is like a new movie. Like I thought it was already, and I should say preface this, we watched our, uh, Wonder Woman 1 uh, about a week ago to refresh our memory on that. And I don't know, maybe I should have said this before, but when you were talking about how bad we sort of shit on that movie before, it's not nearly as bad as we probably made it out to be in that podcast. Um, It's a solid comic book movie. (laughs) And and I'm saying a solid DC movie. I'm saying it's a solid comic book movie. I would rank it ahead of several Marvel films, um, but the ending is terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, and it is way too long. I know that's making a bunch of uh, headlines right now because it got leaked that Patty Jenkins was saying that the studio made her put that ending in and they took away the ending she really wanted. Um, But watching it, it's even longer than I thought that it was in the theater. I mean, it just, like, because we had paused it for, like, a drink break and I saw the load bar on the bottom and I was like, there's no way there's still 45 minutes left in this movie because she just got to the airfield. <laughs> it is. It just goes on and on and, on. I mean, it goes on forever. And then the beginning of the movie is still really boring uh, to get to the action, right? So, but then there's the middle part where she meets up with her, you know, uh, little Commandos. Yeah, the, the Howling Commandos and they go through their World War I war stuff and she's introduced to, like, the, the off Full, you know trope that is man right and I don't mean man is in male I mean the human race is we're all pretty you know relatively shitty to each other but and she's like a for the record it's it.
2: always guys though in that movie yeah, well, for sure <laughs> and that um, pretty much carries through into the second movie as well
0: yeah um it, but you know what and that part is all still really good um the effects are not good in that movie either but whatever you kind of look past it I guess Warner Brothers is not a freaking independent studio so I still don't I should not be giving them a break for how shitty the effects are in on all these DC movies but they're whatever it is what it is um so yeah the beginning is pretty boring and really Slow and I still think that the humor is terrible in that film, especially between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot. Like where she was talking about, are you average looking at his dick and stuff? And I'm I, to me that is still just I don't understand why any of that is in the movie. And then where they're talking about laying with each other on the boat and it, it, it's just like cringing left and right. It's it's terrible. Um, so the parts I didn't like about the movie before I still don't like. Now what I did realize at the end, please put this somewhere else in this podcast because I know we're supposed to be talking about Wonder Woman eighty four. Okay, so I know one of my big gripes was that when <coughs> she defeated Ares, it was like she in. Did World War One, and we were like, "What? Like, are you kidding me?" So World War One wasn't even a real conflict; it was the God of War was manipulating people, and all these guys were like, "Oh, like coming out of a haze." All these Nazis and stuff. And what I realized is, is there? It was just poorly explained in the movie. And I, and the reason I realized this is because it's just like Captain America One, and there are a lot of them about that movie that's a lot like Captain America One, where the, the Nazis and Hydra are two separate factions, and in Captain America, they are very clear about this. That like the Red Skull doesn't even give a. Shit about Hitler. He looks down on Hitler, so you realize that Hydra is operating on a whole different motive of the Nazis, right? In Wonder Woman, they don't really explain that. Uh, what's the Doctor Poison or whatever her name is? What's mm-hmm. her name? Yeah, Doctor Poison. And the other dude, who's uh, that? I can't.
2: No, he's he's a yeah. he's a German yeah. guy. Yes, for sure.
0: They are kind of running another cell in World War One outside of the actual war because they've signed the armistice. Like they're going to sign the armistice, and these guys are acting separately. So their whole poison bomb plot and everything, that that's acting, that they've coordinated that separately from all the other factions of World War One of the Germans that are fighting. In and defense of Wonder, Wonder Woman, though. Women, in, can it, I finish? It, can it, I, hold on. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? Can I finish? And that Ares is manipulating those dudes, not all of Germany in World War One. I. I just don't think it's really spelled out properly. So it's those dudes that wake up at the end of Wonder Woman when she defeats Ares. That's I all do think,
2: think that the scene where they trap all the other military commanders in a room and gas them to death was a kind of a clear indication that they were they were going Maverick on this shit though. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, I'm. But watching I don't it think again, that was ambiguous. <laughs> nah, I, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm telling you. But 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 to show that Ares was controlling that group because you mm. don't see it until the very end. Mm-hmm. So then you got to think back and be like, oh, they didn't kill all those German dudes because they're just some separate faction. It's because Ares has, con- has selected a pocket of these Germans to control, and that's you know. I, I'm just saying it's not nearly as cut dry as. As, uh, well, and it didn't Red help Bell, that they Red spent Bell, so much
2: time Bell-like. on the the, the the twist of the evil general actually not being Ares, it being David Thewlis. So I, I think that they kind of shifted people's attention in that direction, ill consider.
0: So that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is that that helps me with the first movie mm-hmm. by being like, okay, it, it's not nearly as clearly defined as we have Hydra and the Nazis. It, but when uh, Ares wasn't creating the entire World War I conflict, he was— he, had splintered off a cell to keep the war going. Then it solved some problems I have. The first. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. So if not as bad, it's not like Ant-Man and the Wasp with me or anything like that. It's a, it was a perfectly watchable movie. My wife, who has never seen any of the DC movies, was like pleasantly surprised how much she liked it because she thought she was not gonna like it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, now she didn't say it was like the greatest movie ever, but it was certainly not a terrible movie. So Did you I get
2: her to, to watch Captain Marvel?
0: Okay. So then we watched Captain and Marvel after Wonder Woman 84, and we can talk about that at the end of the podcast.
2: Okay. Well, don't forget. Hope he's got in the hope you got in the notes.
0: I got in the notes. Okay, I,
2: so I want to make sure that Mister it hasn't died over the course of the conversation, though. So let's let's get his views on this
1: one. Well, see, I'm going to need a uh, WWE intro here of Slap and Love because uh, yeah, I love you, Frank, but uh, I'm going to be cruel and mean. So I,
2: I expected little else. I actually I've already done the album Mark, for this episode, and uh, <laughs> it's got Mark Ruffalo doing the Hulk hands from that one Entertainment Weekly cover. So I, I already you saw you coming, man.
1: Oh yeah, this um, I, I will make no. No excuses for this movie whatsoever. Um, okay, well,
0: how about this? Wait, can I guide you? I watched
1: that same mall scene you did. Yeah. And I thought it was really weird that she would stop criminals but commit um, property damage crime, like smashing cameras and shit. And cameras. It, it was like a goofy 80s, you know, ski trip. Porky, not porkies, but yes. that yeah. type of goofy villains are running and bumbling fools and she's throwing children into teddy bears. And as far as the physics, it felt like wire work. Like she's like, she lands really weird. I, I. I it took me out immediately I'm like oh, what are we watching like is what like no and then she like drops them on the car and almost kills them and I'm like wait what and nobody knows she's in the city but this masked avengers coming out of nowhere and rescuing people but the children can see her and no one else can Or I, I wasn't sure I was confused um, I've and I heard was, I people morning, I'm try like, to I'm, compare I member Barry's 80s music and I'm like okay well it's like some goo gaga or something and I'm just hearing like I don't know so I've
2: heard people we're ready to, uh, they sometimes they reference Donner uh, I think that the Richard Lester Superman movies is a better frame of reference for the, the way the action plays out and the, the way the humor plays out. Would you agree with that? I mean,
1: it, it is. I mean, it, I guess you could say Donner because it is a little bit of like uh, when Gene Hackman and uh, Ned Beatty, kind of that cartoony, you know, humor they were doing in that with those two characters, especially Ned Beatty. But uh, yeah, exactly. just, and I watched, I, I, and I'm, I'm the guy, I watched that opening, that 10 minute scene, you know, before Christmas Day because I just kind of wanted to get a taste of what I was going to watch. And I watched and I'm like, I mean, okay, like it's it's the amazon's running little actually i actually did like that scene with the the young wonder woman i actually did like that i was like oh that's kind of cool and the way the island and it's kind of like an olympic competition and you know she kind of cheats but she thinks she's getting away with it and i was like okay that's kind of cool I, I was like okay I, i'm kind of on board with this movie a little bit it seems like it's gonna be kind of neat and then the mall
0: scene happened when i watched it and i was just like who wrote this again like so but see so uh, and I'm, I'm totally both of you guys it, it totally felt like superman 3 or superman 4 right like that, that's what it told that mall scene and i'm like okay so that's why i was asking in retrospect what was the 10-minute clip because I was like, that would have been perfect for them to be like, 10-minute no, clip 80s. was the, the
1: very beginning of okay. the movie where she's running when they're doing the competition. So when I saw that, I was like, Oh, okay, this is what the movie's gonna be like. Okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, I, I I knew it was a flashback, but it's like, oh, okay. And then they showed the winged statue where I knew it was gonna come in. So I'm like, Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And there was the, the humor, I guess the misstep of their humor wasn't shown yet. So it was kind of like uh, it seemed like almost like an action movie already. So I was like, Okay, this is gonna be cool. Yeah,
0: and, and especially when she dropped the dudes onto the car and it like came. The car, in. oh, yeah, they were dead, dude. Those, and I'm like, there's no way those guys are my uh, head. like, I think I might have actually jumped on my couch. It was so fucking violent. Uh, and I was just like, okay, well, that's weird. This is this is different from dudes being web shootered and being you know, hanging yeah. from the, the ceiling or whatever. I'm like, that was like extremely violent. And I'm like, okay, that scene was really weird, but at this point, I'm still like really curious what this movie is gonna be. Uh, because like, I kind of like the opening scene, it had some weirdness in it. Uh, like when the when she falls off the horse and it looks like the a horse runs away and they're going up a mountain, but then she slides down a slide yeah. to get back to the horse. And I was like, "What?" Like I thought they were going up, and now she's going down, and she catches up to like stuff like that was like weird. And that happens several times in this what? movie where people look up and then somebody, some, somebody's down, and I'm like, "What, what the fuck?" Um, like uh, later on when she's at that uh, that party with well, wait, uh,
1: wait 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 The only thing that I thought was weird is when she was competing against those women. Are the Amazons gods, or are they just like no, souped up gods. women? Frank. Well, okay. Uh, do you want it in, in the movie? Or in the comics. Well, no, because in the movie, I mean, technically she's a god, so they're competing against a god. Not that they so, necessarily are aware of that though. But she's like a mini god. If she's keeping up with them, some of them gotta be like, what the fuck? Like yeah, yeah. Like
2: agreed.
1: she's what, eight, and she's keeping up with these women that are like physically at the peak of physical like strength, and she's keeping up with them. I'm like, actually, she's getting ahead of them. Yeah. And that's kind of well, like
2: And that's so one of the things I thought was interesting about the because I mean you you're both using the term cheating, and that's the term that uh, Antiope used. And I think that when you're watching watching the movie at the time it's like oh okay she's come up with an ingenious plan to get back to her horse and you're on her side on that because you just think oh she's clever she looks like she's out of the race but she's going to catch up with the other people and the only thing that r- it tips you off that, that may not be the case is that you've got those checkpoints that yeah, she missed that checkpoint the process and she missed the checkpoint um but i sometimes wonder particularly because it was such a pointed way of saying it that she had cheated uh we're not aware of how rigid the structure of this contest is before that but also i have to wonder if Antiope being a aware of Diana's heritage and being aware there's no way in hell that she could be accomplishing this without her divine parentage that yeah. she was the, the other part of it was you're cheating because you're competing with people that are never going to be as powerful as you and you don't know what you are yet but I do and I can see that power already manifesting in you as a as a child so i think it kind of cuts both ways it's like her letting you know that you're not truly beating these women and i'm not going to let you take this accomplishment away from them because you're not really one of them
0: yeah okay I- I could, I could go with that yeah no i think that that was totally what it is and, and the fact that that she'll never reach her full potential by cutting corners she mm-hmm. needs to suffer some losses um so that she can continue to improve and become you know to maximize potential The problem is i I don't really remember and, I, and it sucks i hate saying this because i just watched the first movie i don't know didn't they get in trouble for training her remember her mom was like i don't want her doing <gasps> war shit mm-hmm. um, and i can't remember what age where she fight. she gets busted for doing that definitely older I'm, than what we saw in the this movie right yeah i I, I could have sworn but without going back and watching i can't say that for sure but i was like oh that's a huge loophole because her mom was watching her compete in this shit right now right (laughs) i
2: I think that they in the movie and again you think i've seen the first one Woman many many times i've seen it at most a half dozen times but probably less than that at most and uh, i don't usually watch it from the beginning to the end i usually catch it at various points like for instance when derek william crab came to uh uh, visited me and we both were uh in line to see george perez shout Um, out which was appropriate because then after we're done and we're tired and we come back to my place and Wonder Woman's on the cable and so we watched Wonder Woman after the one of the people that popularized or repopularized Wonder Woman was the person we were getting to meet um, so there's a lot of situations like that where coming home and you're tired and you're just looking to see what's on TV oh here's Wonder Woman I'll start watching it from this point um, so I'm not a, I'm not an expert on that but my recollection is that you do have a an interim Wonder Woman between Gal Gadot trying to pretend like she's a late teenager and the little girl I think there's a teen in there in the midst of it and I think that's the one that gets busted being trained by Antiope in the woods okay. alright well but she's not necessarily doing war shit in this I mean she is throwing the spear and stuff she is doing a little archery but like full on combat with the other Amazons we're not seeing that happen mm-hmm. so um, it's 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 a, it's a little weird because and that's an area that's weird for Wonder Woman in the comic books as well because there's a lot of different takes on how she interacts with the other Amazons and, and of course for the vast majority of the comics she was in no relation to Zoo I can't stress that enough, but she was never the same. There was never equity between herself and the other Amazons. She was always different because even though she was endowed with life, she was endowed by divine life from the gods, whether through, you know, carnal means or through mystical means. And so it's always been weird that she competes with other Amazons and beats them because she does appear to have a clear advantage against them. And it's even more of a point on that in the Silver Age because you have all these adventures with Wonder Tot and Wonder Girl when it was only Diana where she's doing these incredible feats that none of the adult Amazons can do so of course if she competes in the contest she's going to win and people have come up with a variety of ways to handicap that so it seems more fair but generally speaking it never really does seem to be a fair fight Wonder Woman just leagues ahead of these women Uh, but in the Golden Age comic books the women were always as powerful as those you know they all had the super soldier serum they were all peak human because they were able to unlock energies in the the human body that other people hadn't been able to attain. Pain. Um, but technically they weren't supposed to be superhuman but not unlike Captain America they pull some shit that's basically superhuman
0: and uh, well the, I, I mean yeah. I, I think you can well, like with Black Panther how you know whenever they do their battle to be king of Wakanda mm-hmm. how he he's got the the root or whatever that the heart-shaped he herb
2: if I recall correctly
0: yeah so but, but but before the battles because nobody else is able to take the heart-shaped herb he like purges himself of it first so that he's back at his normal capacity like I think that's a really nice touch in that movie yes um, I love it that be, exactly um, whereas in this movie they you know I, I, but I will Say though, I know I brought that up, but that does not bother me at all. If the kids are the wrong age, because when they're making Wonder Woman one, they don't know if they're getting a Wonder Woman two. Okay, so yeah, now they got a Wonder Woman two, so you're going to have a couple continuity blips. It's not the end of the world. Who cares, right? Well, that and you know
2: they want to bring back the little girl that charmed everybody in the first movie. Yeah, and she's a fine. few years older, and she can do more physical stuff. And you want you you again, we're still debating whether or not there was a teen interim actress, but we all remember the little girl. So there was an opportunity to do a variation on the contest as fan service for for old school fans that know that aspect of her origin and you get she's still a little small for me to be able to call her wonder girl i still want to kind of call her wonder tot and she, her facial features remind me more of the wonder tot character but it, it's hard not to appreciate that kind of fan service um it's, it's some of, in fact it's some of the only fan service in the movie that's that literal from the comic books and and really the shout out specifically to the comic book fans
0: okay so it, i think we all agree that opening scene was pretty good right well
2: i mean if, if you want me to elaborate so- I,
0: it was serviceable. Okay. Go
2: ahead. Uh, I I choked up during that uh, sequence. I I watered up and I nearly cried several times over the course of that.
0: Holy Christ. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> slightly
2: different okay. perspective. So the thing of it is, like I, I've talked about, you know, we've talked a lot about the Black Panther movie and that's a movie that we all had uh, issues with. And p- part of the reason why we had those issues is because we're fans of the comic book character, but none of us are, are black people and certainly none of us are black women. And so there were, that movie touched people in a way that virtually no other superhero movie ever has because it spoke to an audience that these types of movies almost never speak to. And it was done on a scale and with a budget and with a creative uh, uh, freedom that like completely invigorated people, right? And so our bitch was that in the first movie starring Black Panther, we want to see Black Panther doing all the cool stuff. We don't want to see Black Panther's security guard and love interest and sister doing all the cool shit, which is kind of what happened in that movie um, and ultimately it's probably going to pay off since they're looking at not having a Black Panther in the second Black Panther which is a whole other conversation we, we ought to have at some point in the near future. Uh,
0: agreed we do need to have yeah. that conversation.
2: Um, so I, But I can't relate all to, uh, to that experience because I'm not, I don't have that same level of hunger. It's the same reason why I remember years ago talking about the Tyler Perry movies and how objectively these are maybe not great movies but again because they were speaking to an audience that was very rarely spoken to or served they responded to it in a much different and much more enthusiastic way than anybody else could have. The difference with Wonder Woman and and it it also really uh, makes me recall Captain Marvel, which I'm sure is going to come up a lot, is there was so much fake, bullshit, plastic girl power in Captain Marvel that royally pissed me off. Where me watching that opening sequence as a fan of the Wonder Woman character and as a fan of women, seeing what they teased in the trailers for Captain Marvel that never fucking pays off, absolutely thousand percent paid off in that opening sequence. I I had a sense of what some little girl would be feeling while she's watching something like herself do the things, the incredible things that Diana does and be able to live vicariously through those heroic displays. And again, as a fan, recognizing these elements from the comic books being manifest in the story, including the closest we'll probably ever get to the contest, which is such a huge part of her lore that didn't get serviced in the first movie. the, The realization of what it meant to me as a fan and what it probably meant to a new generation of fans that have come up from the the movies and from you know everything that's happening with the character right now. I, I was just overtaken with emotion. I I, I love that sequence and I realized some of the CGI on that was a little dodgy, but I still felt a sense of the physical space and and just so cool seeing this kid do something like that with that kind of budget. It wasn't some spy kids or Shark Boy and Lava Girl kind of shit. You know, she you got a sense of her really doing that, and especially seeing it in a theater and it was filmed in IMAX. I'm so glad that I saw it theatrically because I got such a great sense of scope and it was so beautiful to see the pan over the mascara and you know again watching these people in, in this larger than life situation and in a larger than life display uh, it was it, it reminded me a lot of the Wonder Woman sequence from Justice League where after seeing that sequence there was a lot of things that they could do wrong with that movie they'd already won over so much of my goodwill that I was going to let them get away with a lot of basically murder past that point because I was getting chills watching Wonder Woman in this great action sequence in that movie and if that movie that sequence is absent from Zack Snyder's cut that, that's going to be something I'm going to give them shit about. Um, so yeah, so I loved that that opening sequence and it it very much won me over for the movie. Basically, I could have walked out from that point and I'd have been happy. I, that was what I came to the movie theater for. I got it. Everything else is gravy from
0: there. Well, and and so, and I was, to, to be honest with you, I, I was like really rooting for this movie. Like as much as I was sort of eh on the first one. And then once I watched it over again, I was like, you know what? That's not that bad. And like I wanted this, I want this movie to be very good because I want this direct to streaming to work somehow I want this to work for everybody I want this to work for movie theaters I want it to work for people who don't like to go to movie theaters Um, if it's another revenue stream to keep big budget movies coming out that and and to have like a maybe some sort of motivation to be good I think that it's it's good like like I think some people wanted this movie to fail to kill this whole straight to streaming Mm -hmm. shit like we don't want this to work like we need these things to go to big big huge sticky floored stinky movie theaters and you know that's just the way things need to stay there's an entire
2: economy behind movie theaters so if you kill that economy, you're killing jobs, you're killing livelihood, and you're also depriving people who love the theatrical experience from having that. If For anything yeah. besides like the gigantic movies, and maybe not even them.
0: And it may be like a, a fairy tale land, but I want that. I want it to, to coexist. That's what I want. I do like going to see big budget movies in theaters and getting together with my friends, getting some bowls of popcorn, and getting a babysitter and going out of the house and doing. I, I like doing that too. Um, so I don't want that to go away. Um, well, and so. I
2: also really appreciate the focus that comes with that. You're paying attention to the movie because there is no. Rewind. There is no pause. Yeah. Um. And so you're just that much more focused, and and if you want to be absorbed into the media, you want this. This is all about the vicarious thrills, and so you lose that because of the distraction of your phone or you know the ability to, to, to just stop and start talking about the movie or something. I, I I really appreciate the immersive experience of cinema, and obviously I want people to keep their jobs. There's so many industries that are put in danger of getting killed by COVID. I don't want that to happen in the movie theaters. So I completely understand rooting against the movie.
0: Yeah, but like. When I'm watching it at home, if somebody busts in and interrupts the movie, it's a fucking home invasion, right? Yeah. As opposed to, like, at a movie theater where it happens every movie I see, where somebody will walk in and be like, Hey, Steve! And we're all like, shh! And then he's gotta leave, or somebody pulls their phone out two rows ahead of me. Like, we, we can't, let's not romanticize what the movie theater experience used to be. I mean, we just no, started sure. this podcast off talking about the drunkard. We had to go get uh, security to come and have removed from the film, and I, I could've used a rewind button, to be mm. honest with you. I could've used a pause button then, and I couldn't, uh, because, and it's not, again, a lot of this isn't, well, I would say it's not the movie theater's fault, but dude, I've been to movie screenings where the fucking screen is like off by three feet for half the movie because they don't have their adjuster point, the, the the shit pointed right. And I got to get rain checks. There's a lot of problematic issues with going to movie theaters too um, that is solved by watching it at home. So, and, and again, dude, giant TV, TVs are cheaper than ever. Uh, we got my mom a 55 inch TV for Christmas for $249, dude. I mean, this is outrageous. So, uh, you know, look, th- there's some col- some pros for column. And some pros for column B. So well, see, see,
1: I watched mine on uh, how old was your plasma TV again now?
0: Good Lord. We got the, the one I gave you that. fifty. Yeah, the that's what one? we watched it on. And Bro, was fine. I, I think we got it in 2010. <laughs> it might be a rock,
1: decade. Though.
0: I feel watching it on that than I did on the on giant screen at the theater. Look, you can't beat the colors on a plasma screen. Pa- I mean, plasma is like you can't repair them. They're heavy. They give off like 90 degree heat. Oh, fuck. The dude, colors are incredible.
1: creating radiation. You I can, think it hums at some point. You once can physically
0: feel walking by the screen how hot it is it's absurd but that TV the funny thing let's just sidebar about that TV the TV had a pixel burnout It's it turned it turned red but within a week that we got it and we went to Best Buy and we are like dude we've already got a, a dead pixel on the screen and they're like well you have to have at least like four and they have to be clustered together we're like well that shouldn't be a problem because if one went out in a week surely the rest are going to go out and nothing dude this TV just kept going and going and going it's like the opposite of all modern technology that fries out all the time this thing like would not die and we moved it hey like dude
1: it, I had the 1984 experience watching it through this TV. Had a little bit of dullness to it, a little flatness to it. I felt like
0: I was in the theater in 1984. Okay, so so Frank, you talk about how much you liked that first scene. What did you think about the, the 80s Donner uh, Superman 3 mall scene afterwards?
2: Like you guys, I was a little confused by that tone. Uh, I had uh, I'd watched the trailers, but I had avoided everything else because I wanted to have that pure experience. And so I was not expecting that tone. I was wondering where they was going with it. But ultimately, it won me over um, I'm pretty forgiving again it's Wonder Woman in action I, I didn't have a problem with the wonky physics in part because I spent so many years of my life watching bad wire work and no wire work like tilting the camera type shit for the Batman TV show for the Wonder Woman show for all the stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s you had to be forgiving and because it's Wonder Woman I was going to be forgiving and I thought it was cute and, you know I, I I don't have to have everything be this brutal you know ragdoll physics kind of thing that you get in most of these movies that wasn't what that sequence was about it was let's have fun with Wonder Woman and explain how she could be operating as a heroine before the Snyder movies again they're still having to work within this box that Zack Snyder constructed I think they did a good job of getting around that and still letting us know that Wonder Woman has been heroing this entire time Um, so she takes the prize from Captain America by being the hero that I expected Cap to be but was ruined by Endgame
0: please do not curse Endgame in this film okay like can we yeah can can we not do that like like, uh, this fucking is, was a train wreck,
1: rally Now uh, uh, I, okay. I will defend. I will defend those Marvel movies. I, I'm, I'm going to be here
2: representing for the fanatical DCEU Twitter peoples.
1: Bring it, ISIS. Come on, <laughs> ISIS.
2: Bring it. <laughs> yeah, It is sort of comic fan ISIS, isn't it? Yes. Okay.
0: You are. So, so from there, we kind of go to more modern. Like we we get a little more into what Diana's been doing for all these years, right? So now she's working at the Smithsonian. Um. So in, so uh, wait wait so now like this was my favorite part. So now it's kind of like a Highlander
1: thing. Yes. Like living yeah, through Highlander. history in yeah. Obi wan Cause Cause I, I, I just want to, I saw several movies in this movie and I'm going to point them out every time they pop out. And yeah, and TV yeah.
2: TV. I think that that's absolutely intentional. So, you know, well, no, game. I feel like
1: the writers were literally watching TV were like, hey,
0: oh, that's a good idea. Let's add that to the movie. Well, I, I mean, but it kind of, it makes sense though. But, but no, but, but look, well, no, no for her but, yet. but this was, but this was already established in Batman v Superman and stuff. She's been like an art, right? It wasn't that right, established, it was in established in Batman
2: v Superman. But again, it's one of those things where Wonder Woman takes place in the 19 teens. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then S is taking place in, what was it, 2014, 2016, whenever that came out. So this is 1984. So the argument is that she's been in archaeology since the 1980s, you know? So um, you do, you're do you going to have to have some sort of a Highlander kind of situation where she must have killed off an identity and moved somewhere else. Oh, no, no, no. She's probably like using it.
1: like Cabbage Patch doll, like birth certificates or something.
2: Right, right, exactly. Um, So that is a little kooky. But I, I since you're bringing up the writers, I think it's really important to point out that this... This movie was written by Patty Jenkins with Jeff Johns, a, a you know, very noted comic book writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow, I didn't catch any Alan Moore references in this movie. I don't know how that happened with Jeff Johnson.
1: Oh, I'm sure they're there. If we look deep enough, I'm sure they're there. Yeah.
2: Um, and then you have Dave Killeum, uh, who is an interesting uh, addition. This is the co-creator of The Expendables. Um, he is the co-creator and showrunner for Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Uh, and uh, this is probably going to strike at your heart, fix it. Uh, he is the sole credited screen writer of Into the Spider-Verse 2. Oh shit. He will also oh, be writing shit. uh Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings.
1: God damn, it's another it's another Dave Goyer. Fuck. Dude, I don't
2: know. I don't never, I, never, I'm never not uh, looking at the man's filmography. I'm not terribly impressed. Maybe he'll he'll pull it around later on, but um I think that we have to assign a lot of blame toward uh, uh Jenkins especially because I do think a lot of the tone of this movie came from earlier superhero movies. Like she's harkening back to that. I think a lot of people praised her for goading to that Richard Donner Superman, and maybe she took it too far by going into the the Richard Lester Superman as well. Yeah. And uh, then you've got Jeff Johns, who I I think was a great comic book writer at one time, and I still think he's capable of good works, but he's kind of crawled up his ass, and I've yet to see him do anything related to film adaptations, TV adaptations that have not been teeth-grindingly bad.
1: I I think his Flash run was good, and the rest of his career, he can thank Alan Moore for it. I enjoyed his Justice
2: Society stuff. And some
1: of his Justice League stuff was pretty good too. I th- you didn't like his uh, Green Lantern? Not really. Yeah. Not really. Not like the Flash. The Flash was way more interesting. You no, know, no, I like the Flash. His, his Flash was very interesting. I do enjoy. I actually started rereading some of the old trades just because it's it's a fun read. Great, write. uh Artist was it Collins? Scott Collins. yes. Scott Collins loved his artwork. <laughs> so, but let's get back on track, boys. Okay.
0: So fr- from there, we kind of find out that, that Diana working at the Smithsonian. She's sort of just been like, I'm not meaning that. She's been pining after Steve Trevor, uh, basically for what, what is it, 84 from about 60 years 1901 so for,
1: to 19, 1984 so for 60 years
0: she's she's so wrapped up in steve trevor she's literally become like an introvert and sits at home and stares at the stars and watches airplanes fly overhead um and despite being one of the most incredible looking uh creatures on the face of the planet or m- imaginary planets uh is just completely a shut-in is, is that how i'm interpreting? The- I,
2: I I think it's on. important to note that her primary occupation besides actually working full time in these archival labs and the like she, the rest of her time is spent doing superhero type stuff and so her, her free time is limited and everybody in washington dc that isn't already married with children is a rapist um so i think that's part of the problem Probably. is like everybody all, all the guys that are available for her the time she has left are scumbags uh and they the movie illustrates that repeatedly
0: well it sounds like just her type uh, later on in the movie is that not weird do, do we think this is right or not right uh, and I I don't know that I don't know is it weird that I had a problem with this because I get the captain America having the thing for Peggy Carter mm-hmm. because he was frozen for all those years right. like there were he was the last person she talked to on the phone and then yeah 60 years lapse 70 years lapse or whatever but it's because he's awoken and it was yesterday to him well, not
2: if I recall correctly Captain America starts off in 43 44 right like really late in the war yeah yeah, yeah. late in the war so that means he's had like you know know a year or so as Captain America he goes in the freeze he comes out in 2011 2012 and his career is over with in uh, 2019
0: right yeah I don't know what uh, actual
2: well like yeah. as a for yeah. instance uh, the Winter Soldier I think was 2014 or 2015 and so he was already moving on from Peggy with Sharon at least they were teasing that within a few years of coming out of the, the ice yeah. so that's a world difference from spending 60 odd years pining for no pun intended Chris Pine they don't say explicitly though that there wasn't anybody else there just wasn't anybody else that mattered the way that Steve had but I do think it's worth noting that you have this moment of closure in 1984 and yet Bruce Wayne is still giving her shit about Steve Trevor in 2016 you know whenever the, the Justice League movie came out so you don't really have a good expression of this person's uh, self-actualization if she's still that tied up you know tied into Steve Trevor after all those years and she couldn't find a single other worthy, uh, worthy individual that time period. I, 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 at some point, it's, it's your fault. You know, at some point, it's your problem. It's not the, all the men in the world are evil rapes.
0: Uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, it was bad. I didn't think it looked good for her. I, it, to be honest with you, I thought it was a little weird. Yeah. To be honest I with did you. Too. Look, she, she, you know, I don't know. But again, I, I don't know
2: that, what. That's part of the Zack Snyder box.
0: You, you're, okay. you're
2: playing within that frame. And, and I have to point out, too. I guess so. Uh, no, Snyder,
0: not, no, 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 that, I'm not blaming Zack Snyder for that. I'm no, blaming absolutely, for plenty No, of I, I think you absolutely movie.
2: have to because Zack Snyder directed, uh, uh, Batman vs. Superman and the first version of Justice League both of those movies established her still being hot for Steve Trevor particularly the Justice League and also uh, Zack Snyder produced this movie it's it's his production company As and uh, before Patty Jenkins dismissed his stunt people and his CGI people uh, who were present for the first Wonder Woman he had even more of a, of a control over the movie and as you guys have mentioned perhaps that control was missed to some degree but she is definitely working within that box given his uh,
0: presence. I disagree. disagree. Uh, She was pining after him all these years because they brought him back in this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. That's why. It's because it was a central point to the film is that he was going to come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, The choice to make it where she had never moved on from him, maybe she could have moved on from him and then he comes back and it's like, oh my God, this is what I've been wishing for my whole life and trying to tell myself I wasn't, is completely different and still fits within the box that Snyder quote unquote created. Mm -hmm. It didn't have to be, I've become a shut in uh, social like, socially awkward person my whole life and I just go home and I spend my nights in my apartment thinking of him taking pictures in front of the the, 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 the Trevor Ranch and so, I mean they were, they were really they were really hard selling how much she's been uh, missing him uh, they didn't have to do any of that they, they, you could have gotten to the same point where he comes back in the movie going two different ways and I make her seem really weird uh, and they did so well
2: I'm but they gonna... also it all comes back to the Wish Rock so she had if, if the the whole thing is about the Wish Rock she was still pining for him and still wishing for him to be back alive so you 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 can't get around that really as long as the movie's going to be about wish rock
0: no that's fine i'm just saying you can go about it either way you can make it where she thought oh you know what i've had some pretty good relationships i've moved on from steve she's trying to convince herself she's moved on from him and And actually that would have have been
2: a really good workaround because she could have wished for somebody like steve trevor and then this guy gets turned into steve trevor and that's why you had the whole possession storyline in the first place so that might be we're not gonna
0: fix this movie keep going
1: but that would help the what you think uh
2: no, actually i think, my, I think my, my, several my question, other
0: more interesting twists you could
1: have had on no, 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 no. what my happened. question was this when she when she wished and we had that quantum leap moment why was he picked why was that guy picked that's I, a
2: very good I, question I, that is not answered
1: i really thought for a minute they were going to say that it was um steve trevor Steve's, jr yeah like a great great grandson or nephew or mm-hmm. and that it was traveling down the bloodline
0: dude i didn't even think of that and that would have made <laughs> it, i think it would have been just as weird uh but at least some explanation would have been cool the problem though is that it, they didn't really explain a lot with Rish rock so it, no, 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 it just,
1: this dude gets picked out of everyone on the planet. Anywhere in the planet, he gets picked. And they never explain why. I,
2: I think it's a Green Lantern Power Ring situation. I think that she wished she could find a guy like Steve Trevor. And so the Wish Rock found the nearest guy who was in any way like Steve Trevor. And then actually turned him into Steve Trevor. And the monkey's paw element, besides her slowly losing her powers, was that she also has to uh, have Steve in the body of this guy. And if she takes any responsibility over this guy's life after he became by Steve Trevor... Uh, okay. that's by Steve
1: Trevor that would have been a better movie than what we got okay right. but this is my moment though okay so like Quantum Leap when Sam pops into somebody and fucking Al shows up and is like hey Sam we gotta do this shit where did that guy go to yeah good question because Steve is there now is this guy in hell or is he where Steve was is he in heaven and he's like dude I'm in heaven and I'm digging this shit and I'm in Steve's body and I'm hanging out with Abraham Lincoln and shit or does he no longer exist and is he like snapped out of existence
0: or or is he is he Banner versus Hulk where he's trapped inside and 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 he's he's watching all this he's locked in the tr- he's, he's locked, locked this in chick the He's
1: raping me because I have no control over my body. What's
0: going on? Yeah, or or like, hey, the phone's ringing and it's my family wondering why I haven't called him in three <laughs> four days. Click, hang up. Better try on another fanny pack. There, there, there were a lot <laughs> this, of people arguing I that he would have have that lost his scene,
2: job yeah. over the course of that. But I will say that the entire world went nuts within a pretty short amount of time, and so I think he's got a pretty good excuse.
1: Yeah, yeah, all I know is the minute that happened, I I immediately had the quantum leap uh, song in my head, and I'm like, are we doing quantum leap? Like, is Al gonna show up? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like They even uh-huh. did the mirror thing that Sam always did. I mean, oh it, yeah, 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 dude. I'm telling you, dude. They were watching a quantum leap marathon, and one of them, not. That's how we fix it. That's how Steve came
0: back. He got quantum leap. This is why I love you guys. I would. I never thought about quantum leap throughout this whole movie, and I'm like, this is freaking exactly quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard. I haven't heard that reference on a single review I've watched of this movie. Really? So that's freaking <laughs> dude, hilarious. That was
1: too. the first, As soon as he popped up and looked in the mirror, I'm like quantum leap. Because even my girl next to me was like, "What are you talking about? I'm like, it's quantum leap." And she's like, "What are you talking about? She had no. Idea what I was talking about. I'm okay, like, so, let me let me put that in my notes real quick. So, and so, I
2: will say, too, that Paquita also pointed that out to me. She's a Quantum Leap really? fan.
0: So, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. That's excellent. Uh, okay, so from there, we start to get introduced to Kristen Wiig's character who I, and I made plenty of comments about this to you guys. I don't know what the hell they were doing casting and it, like, co- unlo- she may be great in comedies. I don't particularly think so. I don't find her that funny. Um, But you're casting a comedian to be a fairly serious villain in a movie that's not really funny. Like, Wonder Woman 1 was not funny. It's not, it's not the Guardians yeah. of Galaxy. You know what I mean? So you're you're casting a, a comic actress in a pretty serious role. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. But I gotta say, I really enjoyed Dorky oh, dude, Kristen Wiig.
1: She's the only reason I could get through this movie. She was phenomenal.
0: I would rather have watched the Cheetah movie. Well, I mean, unfortunately, she was only was in about Frank five minutes. Down? She was only in about five minutes of the whole movie. Uh, but I, I but I thought she did really good job uh, of of being the dork and, yeah. and uh, like I I kind of wish I didn't but, really like the way it's Diana. Kind of
1: like I I when I was watching it, and again. I I, I didn't. Wa- I haven't watched nothing on YouTube about this shit. Cause I was like, I'm gonna come in attacking on my own. I don't want anybody else's weapons. I'm bringing my own teeth, my own claws. It felt like she played the typical nerdy person that turns into like the supervillain. Like, no, sure DC. she did.
0: Yeah. Uh, she, I didn't w- she, say she'd bring anything new to the hokey person becomes badass, and because it's happened half a dozen or a dozen times in you know movie moviedom. Yeah. Um, but I, I was like, kind of. I don't know. I was kind of endeared by it a little bit. So I was like, okay, I can. I should just say my expectations were so low for Kristen Wiig in this movie. That I kind of liked it, but what I didn't like is I didn't really like her and Diana's interaction. Like I didn't know. Like, I should. I, I Diana did, I have did. been a little. You yeah, could slowly
1: yeah, a... feel. I I thought I could slowly feel her resentment toward her as they were getting closer to figuring out like the whole Infinity Stone shit and stuff. Like it felt like she was getting more. But t- my question is this though. So it's the Monkey Paw, right? So you get something, you lose something. What did oh, she? Wait, do? hold on. Let us
0: let, let's, let's talk more about Monkey Paw later. I, I just we're oh, okay. we're not to the Monkey Paw yet. Okay. Um. Or to to Wish Rock. Did you call it Wish Rock, Frank? Is that we call. It? I yeah, Infinity Stone. The I like Wish Infinity The knockoff Infinity Stone. No, Best Value Infinity Stone? No, uh, <laughs> I, I like Wish Dollar Rock. Store Infinity Stone? Um, no, no, no. Okay, so, but, but, so I will say that's another thing that kind of it surprised me about the movie because that was something I was like, she's going to be the worst part of this movie. She's going to be doing a Selena Kyle impression. Yeah. Um, and, and and really, I don't know what I'm saying. She didn't do it a little bit, but of the problems with this movie, she was nowhere near the bottom. And I think by the end of it, I was like, I wish I would have had more Kristen Wig. Oh, yeah. I, I never I, thought in a million million years i would be saying that at the end of this movie so i was
1: what got me at the end i I know i'm jumping a little bit when she goes full cheetah i was really intrigued by that look and that just the way she was
0: nah disagree but that's really
1: the (laughs) the only issue i had with it was whenever she decides to be an apex predator i remember the first thought was like well why isn't she a shark or like i've never seen
0: a cheetah as an apex predator it's wish rock bro don't just don't worry about it it's it's wish rock don't get hung up on that
1: what is it matt land shark Still the cleverest species of them all. But I, I, I like the design. I like the way she looked. Um, I, I thought it was really cool. The thing with
2: Kristen Wiig is I dislike her comedy a great deal. And one of the reviewers I, I listened to was this guy with this like foot-long red beard who just was ranting, ranting against this movie. And uh, yeah, my favorite part was when he's like, and then I talked to my, asked my wife and she said it was all trash too. I was like, oh, you mean the woman who married a guy who's obviously a raving, lunatic misogynist? Agrees with you? Shock, surprise? but he did make a good point in that Kristen Wiig was as Kristen Wiig as, as Kristen Wiggs. and she, and especially during the, the the points where she's playing Plain Jane, Barbara Minerva aka 100% Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns I didn't have a problem with it but she was definitely doing the same thing that she always does that cringe comedy yeah. and Paquita actually liked it because she has her, her social awkwardness and so I think she was relating to her at that point because she saw a bit of herself in that Um, and I didn't mind it but it was definitely her just doing the Kristen Wiig thing that she always does that's one of the reasons why I had problems with Ghostbusters 2 is when I heard that she was going to be taking on essentially the Bill Murray role I'm like no no this is not my kind of comedy um but what I do like Kristen Wiggin is dramas Uh, in particular I thought she had a nice turn in The Martian it wasn't a big part but I thought she was good in it and she's done some other dramas I've seen her in and she's good at playing the drama so if you're going to have a character who's supposed to go from a a ridiculous comedic uh, presence which has been compared to Jamie Foxx in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 it's been compared to Jim Carrey in Batman Forever and just on and on this is a trope in superhero comics specifically superhero movies specifically that people are really sick of but if you're going to have somebody make that transformation I think she was an excellent choice because she can definitely do the cringy nerd and then she can also turn into the foxy badass and I, I think that she did that well it probably two things that probably helped one is that the character that's in this movie in no way resembles any version of the cheetah that ever existed and second if you're going to mess up a cheetah I would definitely want that to be Barbara Minerva my least favorite of the cheetahs so I was fine with her performance in the movie. I thought that she did a good job. And I think that she was a surprisingly effective physical combatant against uh, Gal
1: Gadot's one Woman in the movie. Now, did she murder that guy that she was kicking in the street?
2: I don't know if it was full on murder, but I definitely saw a mouthful of teeth flying during one of those kicks.
0: Yeah, she definitely kicked all of his teeth. And though. if she okay, didn't I, kill
2: him, he was not going to be right again ever based on the beating she handled that guy.
1: Okay, I just when we were watching it. My girl was like, is he dead? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, she kicked him like, I mean, he, the dude... got kicked by wonder woman got kicked by he no longer has a chest cavity right it's just mush
2: yeah agreed i I think he probably did die if he didn't he was in really bad shape i will point out though in case y'all didn't catch this that they had that cool musical cue whenever she was striking people almost exactly like the cool musical cue for the prowler in into the spider verse did not notice that
1: Oh, they took something from another movie I didn't catch. Got you. Thank you, man. But do you see it now that I it? No, I'm still upset that the only 80s song I heard was Two Tribes of War by Frankie Goes to Hollywood.
2: Very good point and something that's come up a lot on the Twitters. Yep. I, I've already expressed this frustration many times, uh, especially the later X-Men movies. I don't need you to go full Stranger Things fetishizing the 80s, but like, I didn't really love Atomic Blonde, but one of the best things was that it was also a great introduction to Dark Wave soundtrack. It sounded yeah. great. And you could have gotten over a lot of humps in this movie with some cool, you know, needle drops and it's almost entirely score.
1: And it's such yeah, a yeah. fucking drag as a result. So it was I more mean, like we look like the 80s, but we don't feel like the 80s because it really didn't feel like the 80s to me. It Dude, felt more uh, like I you're that a that rip- played Nirvana in the background. And I would have thought it was
0: a 90s. Mm-hmm? I, I thought that that was like so egregious because I caught Frankie's go Frankie goes to Hollywood. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm here for. And there's nothing in the, the whole, whole Monday movie, no, dude. Joy
1: Division. I was like, I was that, really shocked.
0: It, it's one of the more, like, a, if there wasn't so much other stuff with this movie that's just kind of weird, uh, like, it's as bad, so, and again, we watched, we watched Captain Marvel and, like, real on those drops, like, I'm just a girl by no doubt, and mm, it's just yeah. like, that's the wrong way to do it. But for the most part, you know, it, it's not that bad in the movie, but at least, like, you could compile a soundtrack out of 90s music that appears in the film, whereas this movie is nothing, dude. And I'm like, how, how is leg this warmer? possible? And, they, and shoulder pads. And yeah. I'm like, and then the mall from the opening scene. And other than that, there is nothing 80s about this movie. Nothing. And you called it Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And you don't have any music drops in it in the whole movie. That's got nothing to do with the plot at all. It's got nothing to do with the story. So I don't, I, I'm kind of keeping that as something separate as to what I thought about the, the movie itself. But just dumbfounded at how over the top they went with the Ragnarok style colors. And we, we thought we were going to get some sense and and to not have it's like to only have one 80s song basically in the whole movie was just i was just shrugging Travesty. my shoulders like like what like what are you doing dude like it, it, i i can't explain why other than maybe some budgetary issues or something but i i, I just the, the first movie was successful so i can't even say that uh, i i don't know I'm, I'm waiting for there to be some story as to why they like at the last minute lost rights to a bunch of movies they were gonna do warner brothers they have a lot of rights to music bro i know i don't understand i I just don't understand they it. They would
1: have to ask permission. They would literally
0: just go to the music department. But it was so striking, was so striking. When I heard Frankie Goes to Hollywood, I'm like, yes, here we go, here we go. And then, and I was like, wow, you know, it took a while. It took a while for me to hear the first one. And then and then it never happened again. Like nothing. Even when Steve Trevor comes back, he's not wondering what the fuck that sound is on the radio when he's doing unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yeah. Uh, it's all fanny packs and and that's it. Like no music drops. It's the eighties, dude. This was this is what got me
1: when they walked by the break the break dancers. I tried to listen to to like to hear the song and you can't hear anything. You hear like jumbly music and I'm like really? Like you couldn't get the right to any hip-hop soundtrack from the 80s. No breaking, anything. It
0: was uh, really egregious.
1: Egregious.
2: uh, The one that they got pointed out a lot on Twitter was how do you have Wonder Woman literally ride the lightning in the year Metallica released the song Ride the Lightning (laughs) and not play the song (laughs) of that? Uh, To me this movie was like flipping through a magazine from 1984 where you're Seeing fashions from that era, and that's the only thing you're getting to let you know that it's 1984. Some hairstyles and some fashions. No music. Not much in the way of culture. It's it, it
1: could have happened any time. And I'm telling you, yeah. What are you telling us? Oh no, no, no. I was just saying that's what I was saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I agree with yeah. him 100.
2: It, it's with Captain Marvel. It's a little bit different because one of my great frustrations with that is I wanted to see the Marvel continuity of the 90s, and that's the you know what, what I found frustrating that they didn't dwell on that enough. Besides throwing Colson in there and stuff. But in terms of fashion and music, they did a pretty decent job of, of representing the era. Ooh, they played Veruca's song. Yeah. And the, and the fact is, the movie is called Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel 96 or something, right? Yeah. The movie is literally called Wonder Woman 1984. You've made a huge component of your promotion to have a 80s visuals rate. and 80s music. And then this is just the, one of many areas in which the director thwarts the expectations of the audience in a way that turns the audience against her.
0: Okay. So, so from there, okay, well, since we talked about it a little bit, let's Let's go ahead and talk about wish rock because this is now when wish rock appears um it was what was stolen in the opening malls or the well, second we're not gonna opening talk about mals- max lord a little bit well we're going to with with okay. wish rock because okay. he's he's coming after wish rock um so how the fuck does wish Rock work in this movie uh it, it's supposed to give a wish but you, Take it, away you it demands a sacrifice but once maxwell lord's wish is i want more wishes he's able to select the sacrifice on a whim but selena caught Co- i mean uh <laughs> that was totally on accident i don't not me to call her <laughs> Selena Kyle. Uh, Barbara Freudian. Minerva. We, we never see what she gave up, or yeah, if they kind of mention me. it. It's something like maybe she gave up her niceness. I guess is what was given up, or her humility. Um, and then with Wonder Woman, she allegedly gave up her powers, but she literally created new powers <laughs> as she's given up her powers. Are you talking about her uh, Dragon Ball Z energy ball? Uh, the uh, I, it reminded <laughs> me more of uh, uh Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen's Scarlet Witch finger moves. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that's what that looked like to me. Oh, trust me. no no the problem
1: I had with that whole scene was Chris Pine's character, the last time he flew a plane was basically a fucking lawnmower on a paper plane. And he oh. got in a jet like he knew what the fuck he was doing.
0: That 100%. Is, the Chris Pine, anything with Chris Pine in this movie was an abomination. And maybe we're jumping to it. I don't care. We're not reviewing this movie. I don't know why the fuck he was in this movie no. in the slightest bit. You could have deleted every single... Cri- no, but unfortunately though I will say one of my favorite scenes of the movie was the, the wardrobe changing. I thought that was, it was funny. And I was like, okay, this is some 80 shit where he's like, eh, how about this? And she's like, what about this? And he's like, eh, what about this? That, that was fine with that was good. Um, but I, between him taking over the body of that guy and them literally going like a day and then she fucks him. Yeah. And then the next morning they're like, oh, we should probably figure oh, no, out no. what you're doing in this you guy's forgot, body. You
1: forgot the Martha moment
0: when he what puts was the, the
1: watch in her hand and he says, I got time for dancing or whatever the fuck he says. And all of a sudden she's like, Steve? Martha? Yeah. Martha? Um,
0: yeah. So from that to stealing a plane from the Smithsonian that was like, it's 1984. You could walk onto an airplane in 1984, okay? Yeah. There was no TSA pre-check in 1984, okay? Uh, you could walk onto an airplane to go to Cairo. You don't need to steal a jet that is fully fueled from the Smithsonian, take off from a runway with a pilot from World War One who hasn't flown a plane in decades, or, you know, who hasn't flown a modern aer- aircraft ever, uh, and fly to Cairo, and she uses a created invisible power that we'd never heard of before, even though she's already wished her powers away. Uses the power of the jet invisible, so we get the invisible jet. They fly to Cairo. No jet can fly from Washington, D.C. to Cairo. Oh, Um, you missed the best part. Not only was the
1: jet invisible, but so was the flame, the exhaust.
0: uh, Every aspect of the jet was invisible. Land in Cairo somewhere. We don't know, because suddenly they're in a car. And then fly all the way back on one tank of gas. (laughs) And and it's just like, (laughs) this is the This is this is where the movie to me I was still rooting for this movie I was still rooting for it um just flew off the fucking rails dude and it's the entire entire Egypt this is where I fully lost confidence that I understood what the monkey paw did where uh Max Lord gets the the sheik to wish and he gets what he wishes and that's to get his over his ancestral land but somehow that's like it's like bad for him now and now he's like it builds the wall it builds the wall but but why is it bad like I guess it's bad because now he's the ruler like. I don't really understand why it, everyone's why, gunning for the king. I get, I don't know because he and doesn't he, have a
1: security. Remember, he took a security force,
0: okay? So, he's so the he ruler has no to of the whole him, I guess. So, he but, everyone could gun for him, but he's the ruler of all of them now. So, why couldn't he just get a new, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that made no sense. Um, so and then and this happened a lot in this movie, all right, guys. And this happens a lot. And I understand this happens a lot in comic book movies. You have to suspend some disbelief. I get it, okay? But it happened all the time in this movie where they hopped in a car and they get on a street and they pass Maxwell Lord as soon as he got got into a car with those goons, it was driving the opposite way. That happens like in every scene in this movie. Every scene in this movie, it's all happenstance and serendipity where people just run into each other on accident. And it's like, bro, the world's a little larger than this, okay? Uh, This can't happen every single time. You need to at least have, we know he's going there, so we're gonna go there and meet him there. Not he left and you pass each other on a road. And then, okay, so I didn't understand the monkey pod. That's where I was like, I officially don't understand how the Wish Rock works. And then you kind of realize, oh, she's getting shot and cut because she lost her powers due to Wish Rock and that's what got Steve Trevor back but she did just create the power to turn an entire jet invisible so that didn't really make any sense to me and then the that Cairo action scene with the the cars and shit where no one could hit a target was the worst action scene in quite possibly comic book movie history oh yeah and and it culminated with the kids playing in the road and (laughs) she Steve Trevor gives her a nod and she's like I know exactly what you're gonna do and he shoots a rocket and she lassos the rocket to jump ahead or no, didn't before that she lassoed a bullet? Yeah. And then, d- and then so she, it, lasso, him. she lassos a rocket to get rocketed ahead of the convoy to save these kids. And I'm like, this is, and, and then throughout it, the physics, like when she ran, when she jumped out of the car and started yeah. running and her legs are moving at like one eight speed, but the background is moving really fast. And I'm like, this is the mall again, where it looks really weird. And, and she's like ice skating around. Cause this was, I think the next action beat really after that, there wasn't a lot of Wonder Woman Action between now and then, and I'm just like, no, the physics have just changed in this universe, and this is the way they're shooting action in Wonder Woman now. She doesn't take steps; she sort of does this like step, and she's sort of like skimming and ice skating around on yeah. the ground, and it, it's like extremely distracting. Uh, I, I, it just that it was horrible. Like that, that, that whole scene was so so bad.
1: I just thought it was weird that they were trying to shoot it for the longest time, and when she landed in the road in front of them, they didn't just run her over. Uh, it, dude, I
0: I, I just I, I, that like broke me for the movie where I'm like, okay. This, they just this movie just uh sucks like this movie's <laughs> bad like it, it's not even like iron man 2 where you yeah. can at least say the action sequences can redeem some of the movie i'm like not only does the main plot point at this point just make no fucking sense to me and they're literally just wishing they're wishing a plot together and they're just they just have a macguffin that just does anything to just make it kind of do whatever can drive the plot along i guess um but even then it's they're like creating problems with wish rock that then they're having to solve in the movie i'm like just make it not do that stupid shit because you wrote yeah. the movie like it just doesn't have to do that yeah it's the, yeah, you're absolutely right. It breaks the movie. And, and then on top of it, the action, just fucking horrible. Like, awful, awful, awful. It looked bad. Uh, it wasn't fluid. I didn't know what was going on. And on top of it, she's just doing dumb shit, guys. Lassoing a rocket, lassoing a bullet. This is just, it's just dumb shit. This is Superman 4 dumb shit. Okay, um, I thought I was going to be brutal, but I guess I could just step back. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mac. Dude, ahead. I'm telling you that it's just one of, it's, I was so, and and again, it gets dumb later when she's lassoing the lightning. Yeah. That's, and, and, and here's what makes, okay. I'm, no, I'm no, no, going.
1: no, no, wait. Wait, 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 I have one question about that, though. Okay. And I'll need Frank to answer this one. So when she lassos at the end, whenever, you know, I know we're jumping around. Is she flying now at the end of the movie? Yes. She, she, or is she lassoing
2: uh, air? Okay, hold on wow. a second now. Because I've seen a lot of people jump to that conclusion and speak it as though it was verified fact that she flies. I think they make a decent point of illustrating uh, both after Steve is uh, no longer in the movie and during the whole ride lighting stuff, everything else. I, uh, for number one, she has... Has done the whole Last Wing Lightning thing in the comics. It's not a common thing. Uh, there's one particular cover that a lot of people were referencing when the trailers were coming out where she's Last Wing Lightning. It's not one of her standard deals. Something that was very much a part of the character in the Silver Age was that she could, bear with me, glide on air currents. So basically, she couldn't just like run and jump and just start flying. But for instance, if she falls out of the invisible plane, she could, uh, rather than falling to her death, she could like kind of ride and glide her way back down. And and maybe pick up a person at most to glide them down as well but not actually fly to her own power so something to be closer to the way Vision's powers were working in the comic books
1: so kind of like the original Superman where he was leaping not so much flying but he would just kind of take these massive leaps
2: I mean she did that in the first movie like the Golden Age Superman the specific gliding on air currents thing it was more of in the 50s and Superman made the jump no pun intended from leaping to flying in the cartoons and then never looked back
1: so there was never a point where
2: he had some Kind of a funky thing like she had where she just sort of glides like a sugar, like a, like a flying squirrel or something without any wings. <laughs>
1: okay, well, and Rocky Bullwinkle. But hold on. The reason I asked this was that what was the whole fucking point of her armored suit with wings if she could already fly? Because let, let me wrap up, power, up. Oh,
2: wait. She did get her powers back though. So I guess. Uh, because, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I, because you're going to wear this I'm like, big shiny armor mm-hmm. when you could be floating, I guess, fucking, what do they call them? The flying Rocky Bullwinkle style, fly in real quiet ninja style, but in. Instead, you want to put on a big shiny armor. So I was confused by that. Well, and uh, well, um, it confused me too that Paquita was talking about how oh, the armor for the the armor's for the last last scene. That was the whole point. Yeah.
2: Uh, Paquita made the the point of, you know, we're watching her go through all this struggle to go from leaping to something that resembles flying. I still think it was ultimately more like gliding because she was doing a lot of stuff with the lasso where she's either grabbing objects. Don't get me started on the fucking plane. I'm not going to defend that. I, I won't do that. <laughs> you know, I'm not willing to do that. Um <laughs> but she's doing various things to glide and it's a big momentous moment. And then she points out, so she just does all that just to get to her apartment, which is like right over nearby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, yes, yes, that's exactly right, dear. Um, but,
0: oh, and I forgot, the, I forgot the fireworks. I forgot the fireworks too. Uh, what about I forgot about the sidebar where after they steal the plane, they fly through the fireworks and have like a super weird, like a really bizarre moment in the plane going through the fireworks. Then like now there's no urgency anymore. We stole the plane and we were really, really urgent. And Steve's just like, let's just take a fly on over like it was almost like he he actually ended up being like a figment of her imagination that would have made I more sense. I
1: thought that was what's going to happen. I really did think at one point I thought it was going to be a what a twist like an M. Night Chang'an moment yeah. where at the end it was all in her head the whole time some fucking it, it, it fight club really, moment. Yeah, it would yeah, be like a fight club really, moment where it turns out she was like Steve was never there that would have been awesome.
0: Be, well that would have made more sense because <laughs> it, I mean oh, well would have made more sense quote unquote but it's just like this dude it's like like it wasn't even World War II he fought it. He fought in World War One. <laughs> this dude cannot fly. Until it's funny,
1: with lawnmower engines is what they flew back then. Look at the first one when he flies off in that plane. You could but, make one
0: in your garage. No, but I'm even saying it was it was such a big deal they couldn't even get a flight to Cairo. When obviously she could falsify identities and passports because she's been doing it for decades so, and decades. They him instead. The
1: dude, I'm sure he had a passport in that house somewhere.
0: Exactly. I'm like, did they check It was an engineer.
1: What was he stuff? like an engineer or some shit? I, I'm I sure
0: he traveled. It, it would have been very easy to just do that. They had to get the yeah. invisible plane in, it. so they created all of this shit just to get the invisible plane. Yes. But again, it went from this is such an emergency. We have to steal this plane from the Smithsonian in front of tons of people. Then he takes a sidebar. He takes a sidebar and flies through the fireworks. And I'm like, well, I guess it's not that big of an emergency. Uh, (laughs) like it, I I just was like, that's when I was just like, this movie's like, just kind of like a clusterfuck. Like, I I, I don't know what, Hey, she got two more in her. She said, Patty Uh, Jenkins. Ooh. So, um, that all, and again, that's all Chris Pine. That all started when Chris Pine showed up. And can I just talk about Chris Pine for a second? Does Chris Pine suck? what, what movies has this guy been in like to me we're talking about best value it, it seems whatever. chris
1: pine is the kind of actor that plays chris pine in movies i get is that what it is yes he seems to me like he's i thought like, he was when i was watching i'm like hey look it's kurt from star trek in a wonder woman movie
0: he's best value matt damon to me that's what that's who he is is he kind of looks like matt damon to me that's what it is he's like the guy that kind of looks like matt damon but he's not matt damon and and you think oh you're like oh that's that guy no he wasn't in the martian oh what movie has chris pine been in and then you oh star trek i knew it was a space movie yeah and, and that and it's like oh i, I don't fucking know what Chris Pine has been in and I don't know why I guess they have okay. some sort of chemistry I guess they have some cr- some chemistry and that's why they're like we got to bring him back in this movie but I really don't think anything was added this film by him being in it Um, I except for the scene in the when she renounces the wish they had that little moment where she has to let him go and she has to turn the corner and she hears the, you know I'll love you forever as she turns yeah. the corner I thought that was like really good the problem was that that was bookended by her shooting off into the air lassoing a fucking airplane and then swinging from lightning bolt to lightning bolt and then become and then flying and yeah. I was like to her apartment and I said and Paquita's right on there she just fucking flew to her apartment and I'm just like wow well, well, apparently that, that was like
1: a really good apocalypse scene was happening around her where people are being killed in the streets I think <laughs>
2: nah it wasn't that it there was rioting
1: dude there was rioting there was, there was some rioting
2: but it was more general anarchy general chaos uh, I don't think it was people a, a murder verse scenario uh,
0: excuse me but that dude literally said I wish you dropped dead and that woman died in the diner there was absolutely <laughs> absolutely people dying in these scenes yeah. there this were people
1: complete- but not to that scale not murder Versus*. i don't know man you see cars crashing into each other people running around with flags and shit two tribes of war coming on in the background i don't know there's some dead people in there
2: no they didn't yeah. pay for the licensing on that one unfortunately so uh, chris pine there there's a, a ongoing thing on the internet about best chrises and chris pine is always in the running for that he is an extremely handsome fellow and i find an extremely charismatic fellow it would be a uh, really cool for me to see a steve trevor steve rogers team up sometime i like both of these guys a lot uh he's extremely unproblematic Dude, not
1: even chris evans is, no, not, clo- not even close
2: he, he's an unproblematic individual in part because he doesn't get on social media and talk a bunch of shit so that's nice i, I like the guy and he's well liked generally speaking so he does have value i would also say while he's nowhere near as good of an actor as um who's the one you just referenced matt damon i do think that he's more charismatic and overall better looking
0: than matt damon um so so here's the deal is chris pine 50 years old or 70 years old i can't i can't tell how old this guy is he literally looks like he's from world war one his face is like kind of grizzled he has like a couple little scars on his face and then i looked it up i feel like he's been 50 for like a decade but like the dude looks so old in these movies it's i'm like if you would have told me guess to, to guess chris pine's age i would have never in a million years said 40 years old never mm-hmm. i would have never said 40 i thought for sure he was a late 40s early 50s 100 i'm not saying you can't be a good looking dude in your late 40s early 50s i just had no idea the dude was you know younger than a lot of his mcu counterparts like I true, had true. no clue well, I but had also, no idea that
2: he's, he's not doing the crossfit and all that kind of stuff um, there are some camera angles that are not kind to him so I, I get you there secondly he has to be in the movie because of the way they wrote the movie it's a parallel narrative to the first movie in the first movie she's the fish out of water that's being guided by the worldly person and then they have to have the big breakup at the end that's the tragic pathos thing and in this movie they flip it where he's the, the one who doesn't know what's going on and she's the one who's very worldly and they've still got to do the heart wrench finale. I don't think it's wise to kind of do the same movie twice. And I definitely don't think that they ultimately did that because of so much else going on with this movie that wasn't going on in the first movie. But that is a clear parallel narrative and therefore that's why you have to have Steve Trevor because of how they wrote the movie. That having been said it's a really bad idea for them to do the whole body possession thing because obviously the way that you have the monkey's paw moment is that the only way for Steve Trevor to stay is to assume this guy's body and and take away his entire Life, and that's the evil thing they're supposed to be brushing up Ooh, against. That would be kind of cool. Instead, they never address that, and that's po- the number one thing that the entire internet is going fucking nuts over is consent and uh whether or not this was rape. By current standards, it would be. I don't think in 1984 standards we would have looked at it that way. <laughs> uh, so that's another way in which this is a movie from 1984, but I don't think social mores quite or that flexible when you're dealing with superhero movies and you're done fucked up badly. Okay. I, I will point out that what happens with Kristen Wiggs' first wish is that. She she wants to be cool and sexy and special like Diana, and she wants to do this because she's a very human person who loves people and wants to have that love back. She wants reciprocity. Uh, that's you know she she gives the homeless guy food and she just wants to make a human connection and she's constantly being denied that. And so at first she gets her wish where everybody surrounds her and she's the cool chick that everyone wants to talk to. And bang! But the problem is over the course of that she slowly loses the humanity. So she basically has this anhedonia where she takes no pleasure in human interaction anymore and in fact it turns in the exact opposite direction where she comes to despise humanity in general but especially mankind the, the male part of mankind and then of course she gets the second wish later on to become the apex predator so she's been deprived of the, the person that was motivated to want to be uh, a, a person that people wanted to be around uh, is lost and she just becomes this cold unfeeling being but unlike most people she's cool with it I think in part because the wish took away her desire to not be like that anymore
0: I, I would say the- that it uh wasn't clear. No. Yeah, uh, they, I, I,
2: they, they talk yeah. a little bit about it, but you're right, they could have leaned on that a little bit more. They certainly had enough hours in this movie to address things like that more clearly. Um, yeah,
0: but like, like I said, it was it was just it was made even more unclear that Wonder Woman didn't lose all of her powers. She just kind of lost some yeah, of her powers. And, and, that, and, and it's the, like that didn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing I had to address too, because I, me when me and Bikita were watching it, and Wonder Woman gets the bullet hit, she said, Oh, I thought she was bulletproof. And I said, No, baby, she's got the bracelets that if you're bulletproof why would you need the bracelets and then right. they immediately go on to explain that oh no no I'm losing my powers it's like oh I'm getting my lines crossed I'm thinking about the comic book Wonder Woman versus the movie Wonder Woman who I guess is bulletproof which is a whole argument I think we had during the first movie too Um. so yeah so that was an area where it was less clear to me specifically because I'm, I'm thinking about a comic book con- continuity that isn't presented in this movie and apparently one of the reasons for the backlash is how little from the comic books makes it to the movie I didn't mind that as much I did not have a problem with that action sequence. I I'd certainly, no way in hell is that the worst action sequence in a superhero movie. I just finished watching Captain America 1990. Trust me, nowhere near the worst. But curiously, you have the same setup where a car is chasing Steve and his love interest slash sidekick uh, down a narrow Italian street and there are two kids sitting there rolling a ball back and forth. Uh, so it's the exact same scenario essentially. Pakita points out that we're they're in a desert. These kids can't see a caravan of tanks coming their way and get out of the fucking road very good point for on her part again I didn't mind the action sequences I didn't mind the obvious Raiders of the Lost Ark rip I don't know why Wonder Woman would be dragging herself under a vehicle but I guess once we realize that the power was diminished that
1: might be why. Here's and then kill those brown brown soldiers of course.
2: Yes and, and this is a uh, another one of the issues that people have this movie getting it from both sides the right and the left misogynists and the woke crowd and one thing that's been pointed out there's been a problem going back to the casting of Gal Gadot in the first place This is a woman who served for two years in the IDF, although she was not, you know, out in the streets and shit. I think she was like an exercise trainer or some shit. But she served two years with the IDF. She's never wavered in her support for the IDF. I don't think she's ever addressed Palestine. The simple fact is that Israel is an apartheid state, a a fascistic grip on Palestine. Back in 2014, you had three Israeli teenagers were murdered. It resulted in a conflict within Gaza that killed like 2,000 Palestinians, including something like 400 children or two to 400 children. I don't remember the exact number. And one specific instance, the IDF shot a rocket at some boys playing soccer in the road. And then we see Gal Gadot, known defender of the IDF, recreating a similar scenario where she gets to be the white savior for these brown people. And a lot of people did not appreciate that shit. And I, I well, get no. that. But the also, it's, it's a
1: really... St- she killed those she killed those soldiers in the car, but when she attacks the base with the Americans, they made sure to show you the soldiers land in water and they're okay.
2: And we've set up that the. These guys are being controlled by Maxwell Lords so Was it okay to kill the brown soldiers without the white soldiers? I didn't yeah. catch that, but that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, that I remember when I saw that, I was like, because when she hit that truck and it crashed, I'm like, well, those dudes are dead. So I'm like, I guess she's killing people now. So I'm like, okay, they were trying to kill her, got you. And then when we got to the part where she's going to the base and she lands and she's whipping around and throwing stuff, and I'm like, well, you're not killing these guys, and they're trying to gun you down just as bad. Mm-hmm. But you, I, made you sure to make sure to show them land and water, nice
0: and safe. I, I didn't even make that any of that connection, and I like I said, I. I thoroughly hated that Kairos. It was so bad. And, I, and I've heard several people specifically point that action sequence out as just being awful and not making any sense. And what one guy said that he described, and people jumped on him, because it's fucking 2020. Um, but the guy said that it reminded him of, like, Bollywood action. And I thought that was perfect. Where the Bollywood, there's nothing wrong with Bollywood action, but that's the Bollywood universe. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they, they all do kind of cartoony stuff. Super cartoony. Yeah. The way they jump and kind of float and flip. And the way they run is a certain way. And to me, this movie was super so Straight Bollywood action. And I'm not saying that it's, I'm not saying that's why it's bad. I'm saying it's bad because there was nothing wrong with the way they did it in the first movie. And it was so different and bizarre to me that they would change the way they did the action in this movie that, like, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. And then again, lassoing a rocket that shot, that is so Bollywood. Dude, that is such a Bollywood yeah. move, dude. That would make some super cut on Vine or Twitter or I, Instagram. I actually of saw, weird, there's, if you watch YouTube, there's the, like, the greatest Bollywood, like, action
1: scenes. Exactly. He's like a, he's like a, a Terminator type. Yes, and he takes all the the soldiers' bullets and guns, and he's he's firing them all at the same time, and he's got like 150 guns in front. Of him. And I'm like, I mean, it looked cool as shit, and it was funny as hell. No, it but looks that's terrible. That's kind of what it
0: felt <laughs> like. This. It looks terrible, but it's that's
1: it's Bollywood, so you're like, yes, this this is, this well, is it, what I one. It I is mean. Warner Brothers, so I was waiting for bugs or one of them to pop up
0: eventually. But that but it, I, it was that's what the physics looked like, where she's like sort of like like something was just off, and 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 that scene had it all over. Where I was like, what is going on here? Like this is this isn't right. And then again, like I said, last one the bullet, last one the. Rocket, rock I'm like, okay, this is this is not for me. I don't think this is this is this is no good. I was trying to at least get a good action movie out of it, and I'm like, oh, well, lost that too. Like that doesn't that's no good. Uh, so let's let's keep on moving. So let's talk about. Well,
2: actually, let, let me jump in one more thing because uh, you, wait, wait, you no, covered no. a on. lot of territory. Wait, <laughs> you wait. jumped a lot, so I want to g- do one more thing. So time, as time, time, mentioned,
0: wait, 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 wait. <clears> okay. <throat> so I just want to say the last thing about that scene because I, I made the comment that it was one of the worst comic book movie action scenes I'd ever seen. The first thing that popped in my head was the age of Ultron, Tron. Uh, train scene, which I have said is the worst Marvel action sequence because it just goes on forever, yeah. and it's so bad. All Like, between the, the Ultrons stealing the, the tractor trailer and the rockets coming out of their heads and it's it's just, it's all, and then the train is off the tracks and it's going going. That, to me, that's the worst Marvel action scene. Um and And it was immediately what I thought of here, where I'm just scratching my head, like, why is this in the movie? Who had time to watch the cut of this movie and be like, boom, nailed it you know what this needs? She needs to lasso a rocket to say some kids who were just randomly sitting in the middle of the road in the middle of the... Like, that's what we needed. That's exactly what we were looking for. Uh, just puzzling. Uh, Especially I'm just, I'm because my,
2: it sat on a shelf completed for a year and a half. Exactly. There was no, exactly. like, we were rushing to meet a date or any of this shit. It's like, they had all... The, if they can throw $70 million at Zack Snyder to finish his stupid fucking Justice League movie, you couldn't have tweaked this movie. You thought, okay, this movie is fully cooked. This is... Done. We, we got, yeah. We've got everything we need, right? here to just wow the audiences yeah
0: so that's an obscure it's an absurd level of confidence Like yeah. it's an appalling level of confidence yeah that they were like this movie is good no it's good you are sure we got we got a mulligan here we got we're gonna we can release it in early 2020 nothing else you want to know it's perfect well now we're gonna push it to the end of 2020 good whatever you guys want because this shit's done and you're and i'm like oh my god dude like this like with it, like jla it's like it's opposite of jla where but dawn of justice had such a bad reception they panicked and we're like j L.A.'s gotta be broken. It's gotta be broken because it's the same guy. So we gotta fix it. Whereas this was Wonder Woman 1 was so good, Patty Jenkins knows how to make a comic book movie. So whatever she comes out with, that's it. And we're not gonna question anything she does. It, it's, and instead they went like the other way. Where it's like, you know what, somebody should have tapped somebody on the shoulder in this movie and been like, what are we doing here? Like, the, like, hey, she raped the guy. Anybody else find this to be an issue anytime, let alone 2019, 2020? Nobody's gonna reconsider this. Or in the middle of 2020, before it was still like, hey, we got another mulligan it it didn't get released again maybe now we should find some way to clear up the the rape scene (laughs) like nope send it bro like we're sending it Uh, it's so weird to me so weird to me so I'm glad you pointed out that they had multiple chances to make some changes and they didn't do it anyway go on your thing now sorry okay Uh, hubris is
2: definitely going to reign over with this movie I think a big problem was that Warner Brothers did not trust their directors uh, up through Justice League when they threw Joss Whedon at that one and this time they were going to try to fix it. This time they were going to trust their director and recognize that she had a unique vision that worked for them previously. And I, I this is the movie that needed the notes and didn't get the notes. When they were throwing notes like candy in the other movies it's sometimes without any need for that to be the case. I want to get back to the jet stealing scene because I'd had an awful lot of beverage going into the movie and this was my first toilet break. So I missed that and I had to catch it on HBO Max when I got back home. And I, I came in just as as the jet was taking off and turning invisible and she's like and piquita's like you missed the invisible jet like no problem i'll catch it later on i was glad that i missed that sequence because by referencing her ties to zeus that would have been uh uh, that would have bothered me a lot so i'm not sorry i missed that but i also am not sorry i missed that because again she works in like archaeology and artifacts in one part of the smithsonian museum that somehow allows her access to the airplane museum and she gets this access using a card swipe that i don't think existed in 1984 because she just sort of waves her badge and goes right in. So there's, where's the sensor? That technology didn't exist then. And again, all the other stuff you were making fun of. Um, but the thing about this movie is it's clear, I've said before many a times, I don't want Marvel to be DC or DC to be Marvel. DC are fables. They're fairy tales. They're, they should not be hold, beholding to physics. They shouldn't be beholden to science. They're, it's not about that. It's about the story. And so all the stuff, that we're, the, the nitpicky stuff we're doing about how this doesn't work and that doesn't work and you can't fly a plane, a jet from Washington, Washington, to Egypt yeah no shit but in a fairy tale you can allow for that and so that wasn't things that broke me and I did not get broken by this movie I, because I, I, I'm being a very critical as as we're talking about it so I think it's probably a good time to make clear I like this movie and I was offended by how it was just getting it from both sides I, I've talked in the past and one day I want to do my full in-depth coverage of the first one of a movie where I can talk about its many many flaws that was a movie that I think was grossly overrated and in fact I think that you 2s attack on that movie was in part a reaction to how overrated it clearly was. It was still a good movie or at least a very enjoyable movie but it had problems and people talk about the third act there's way more problems with the movie than just third act but we all still it won us over you know the shaggy dog to some degree. This movie also has a ton of problems and everybody's piling on this movie dropping it to where it's almost in the rotten territory this is a very problematic movie that I don't think is rotten but there's so many things that could have Been tweaked to address issues and they had all the time in the world to address those issues and i think we all got behind patty jenkins recognizing that she was part of the flavor that separated wonder woman from the rest of the shitty dceu movies and nobody wanted to piss her off and she fought hard to get paid well she still did not get superhero movie director money but she got paid about eight times you know uh, what she got for the first movie and she's still like the, the highest paid woman director i think in history and she still came in short against the guys. She played hardball. She got her money. She was balling and tons of people were on her side because we'd seen the quality of the first movie and we wanted to see a Wonder Woman director succeed in the way that she was succeeding. But the fact remains that that was her second movie ever. Her third movie ever cost a fuck ton of money and was meant to be a summer tentpole. And because Warner Brothers' balls had shrank after they swung them around too much earlier on, that they let her get away with a murder that she's now absolutely culpable for because she ran around telling everybody how much creative control she had and how she cowed Warner Brothers and how, you know, again, she dismissed the act, the, the stunt team that Zack Snyder had put together for the first movie. She basically, she, she took complete control of this movie and the movie is damaged in part by what she did. At the same time, I think it's a really good looking movie. I think it's a very attractive movie to the eye. I don't really have a problem with the direction with the exception of the action scenes that could have been better, even though I still, I let it go because I think that the this is the kind of movie, like you said with Bollywood. This is what the director is going for. I get it. I get that that's the aesthetic she's going for. This aesthetic is suited to the Wonder Woman character from the comics and in greater media. It's not necessarily gonna be what the Snyder people want. It's definitely not gonna be what the Marvel people want, but it is a valid Wonder Woman movie told by a female director in her voice. Um, but also that's part of the problem with the movie is that there were things that she needed help on that she did not get that help and the movie suffers for it.
0: I hear lots of excuse making but yeah okay. um uh, like I, I don't know why you just talked to I, I don't care that this is patty jenkins third movie ever i don't ca- I, I didn't know no, no i'm not excusing like, her I, that i'm saying it's that, not like that's part excusing of the
2: problem no, no 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 that's not part of the problem she needed more help and she should have taken more help she was feeling herself too much and it hurt the movie i'm okay, not excusing her she fucked up y-
1: you she were saying that after it, saying it was I a badly it. written movie it was a badly directed movie it had no, no I, I
2: literally just said that it was a i thought it was attractively filmed i think the main problem with the movie is that the screenplay has issues that should have been addressed before it ever even got to be filmed and that somebody needed to step in a little more than they did but they fucked up so bad by not by stepping in too much they didn't step in enough with this movie I think it's a good looking movie I think it's very attractive to the eye but she needed help with action sequences and she needed way more help with the screenplay I frankly don't think she should have been writing the screenplay um I the wrong people were helping her and she needed a lot more help than she took
0: I, I, I was say th- this movie had more remember i told you earlier about the where she was riding the horse up a mountain and then she slid down to catch up to her horse okay <laughs> like that that's amateur bullshit that should not happen in movies once let alone two or three times because then later on when they're at that little ball and she's looking up at maxwell lord and then when she runs into him he's coming up a flight of stairs like and i'm like what the hell she was just looking up at him how is he coming upstairs and, and well i thought in that, that
2: they were actually showing that she's trying to get to him and he's moving around so much that she's having trouble tracking down like he's a snake who's slithering his way through the party so I don't think that was a spatial issue in that instance
0: and there were tons of them where they cut to him and he's got his hands out but then when they cut to the character he's talking to he's got his hands closed like I've never seen a movie that did it so many times mm. where it, it was just like all over the place where like I understand they cut two cuts together but they try and keep that or Continuity. I'm trying to I wish I wish I remembered exactly where it was there was another scene where he was looking to his right but then whenever they cut back to him he's looking to his left lots of like super amateur stuff like that where I'm like how did this make it through like i don't dude stuff like there was stuff like this with this whole movie where i'm like I can easily let go a few of these things but it was this movie this movie had all of it but I will say I, i'm with you I think the movie looked great I thought the colors were great the color palette was great um I didn't have any issues like i would i don't know if the action was no some of the action sequences were, were like even kind of confusing where i'm like like what did she just do like the fact that we're having to argue whether or not she can fly or not mm-hmm. that's a problem like that's yeah. a problem we shouldn't be arguing whether or not she can fly we shouldn't be arguing whether or not the fact that that she renounced her own powers by getting her wish granted yet she created new powers like that's like a fundamental like well, suspend your disbelief man no that's not suspending your disbelief she gave up her powers she, what she gave up some of her powers she gave up like 30 70 she still had 30 because she still has super speed well i, I like, think what they
2: were saying was that her powers were slowly leaving entirely um and, but, but it was a gradual process but yeah that's not very clear gradual? Uh, it's worth it's worth fuck? pointing well, out well, too ra-
1: that hold on, hold on so i just read something i thought it was really funny where apparently there's the scene where she where Ma- uh, maxwell lord is trying to get her to get a tv and she says she doesn't own a TV and then there's a scene where she walks in and she has literally like seven TVs against the wall oh, where she's watching stuff. Well, oh,
2: those were closed circuit televisions. That's not the same thing. That's some bullshit.
1: I so, but there's still, it just people, I, I get that people are nitpicking the movie like that, but that, it, I that, don't know. that It's just so weird that, I, I get that you're saying it's like they're fables and yeah, you, know, you, you don't there's a, the, an allowed, uh, they should allow, but the problem is these are, a, this is a whole universe. So now you're telling me I got to look at the JLA movies like a fable and Aquaman like a fable, but well, they don't That's what
2: Brothers is telling you. That's why they're getting into the multiverse thing. Like, the Batman that Robert Pattinson in is not part of the DCEU, or I think arguably you call that the Snyderverse, since those are all connected by that same director. And that another one of those are connected to the Joker that Joaquin Phoenix was in, they're telling you there it's there, there's a multiverse, and that they, they, to some degree, these are all fables and you pick the version of the story you like the best. You know, that we're going to have different versions of different characters. Um, I think that just like with anything else, though, and that this is a thing that you're pointing out that is absolutely valid you have to have an internal logic. It doesn't have to be the same law. It doesn't have to be real world logic. It doesn't have to be the logic of any other movies that you interact with, but you do have to have internal logic. And this movie never explained things well enough to where you could get the logic within the movie itself.
0: And it it wasn't even a sixth sense where you, once they tell you how it works at the end of the movie, you can go back and rewatch it and be like, Oh, there it was. There it was. No, you, you can't even do that. Uh, so for you, but you made the problem. You created this problem because the monkey paw, uh, uh, wish rock you created like you weren't bound by well this was Snyder's wish rock so we kind of had to go with what the Snyder wish rock did no you created this so this is it and it, and that is the hugest plot point is wish rock is the whole movie and to fuck it up the, and it's not even and look I am right there with people we're going to talk about infinity stones very briefly Um, like look if he's got a time stone he could time the whole fucking thing away or if he's got a reality stone that turns guns into bubbles and shit he could technically reality like that is where you suspend a little disbelief because we need to have a movie with a plot uh and if he if he was that powerful where he could have just snapped his fingers at any point in the movie and ended everything well then we wouldn't have a movie okay so you need something that actually continues the movie going on but this is these are just little i guess not super little details like it's a huge detail that she lost her powers okay and or is losing her powers although that, they never said that either uh, like you need to this some of this stuff needs to at least be kind of explained they, they did you say know? she was losing her powers
2: they sp- explicitly say that in the movie but it's not do- explained until a point in the. Movie where you're already confused
0: and is past a point where she created new power. Like, right. again, like you, 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 fucked up. Like, that's just a fuck up. And, and you gotta, that's just a straight up screw up in the movie. Uh, and the fact that we don't really, we're never really explained Kristen Wiggs' wishes and what she lost. You, she kind of becomes a mean person, but she was also, she's also lashing back out at the people who are mean to her. So that's not losing any, she didn't lose any compassion. She finally got power and had been picked on her whole life. That's, that, that's just a trope. That's not, I lost. Mm -hmm. something uh whereas like literally these people are losing physical things like you know what I'm saying Uh, so this shit doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense to me and at at some point these things that don't make sense keep compounding on compounding till we get to Maxwell Lord who we've hardly talked about in this whole podcast so the the last key character we haven't talked about in this movie is Max Lord who is really the main antagonist in this movie not Cheetah um so he's the main like he's the one who's going after who was allegedly I guess he was the original purchaser of the Wish Rock Yeah.
2: yeah, he, he had ordered the rock. So I'm not sure if he was related to the robbers because if he's not the one who's like, if he's not going to have it robbed, maybe like maybe he ordered it and then it was going to get stolen. And he was going to get his money back and that was his scam. That's my expectation. But yeah, the, she does find the receipt in the box, which is like, you might not Should have left that in there. You know, that should have been a thing that got discussed. You could have maybe uh, addressed all this by just calling a cop uh, in the first place, you know?
0: Yeah, and they would have just arrested him for being part of the the, or the FBI. Yeah, that was that was weird but i i did like i i liked his introduction um and i was like okay he's like the super cheesy a lot of people were like oh he's supposed to be trump i didn't really put that together i just thought he was supposed to be cheeseball motivational you know the guy who's has no, totally, got a tv he's personality totally, he's totally fronting right that he's this huge successful guy um and then and he's at the, the tagline and everything and then he goes you go to his actual like company and it's in shambles and nobody works there and it's all a front and his motivation to get the rock to, to finally like be somebody right and to not be such a failure. I thought all that was like really good. Um, and and I thought, yeah, I mean, I thought that was good. I, I I'm surprised how much I liked the Maxwell Lord character in this movie. Um he, I'm not saying he didn't chew up the scenery uh a bit, but a, a bit, a <laughs> lot. Okay, he chewed up the scenery a lot, but I think that was the character. He was trying to be I'm, I'm trying to I'm fronting, so. I'm fronting, I'm fronting, I'm fronting. I'm no, I am successful. I'm super da, 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 da. uh so yeah, I, I felt like I was like I actually have some sympathy for him. I understand his motivations as a villain, uh, which is you know what I mean? Like I, I was the trying flashback to helped a little bit when he's I a kid said. and you're showing yeah. how
1: like he's, you know, struggling and he's different and he just wants to be like everybody else and he wants to be a success. I mean, I, I got that. I just, the ending just killed me though. Well,
2: before we yeah. get into that, I just want to point out that Paquita did not realize that Maxwell Lord was a Latino until the flashback. She also yeah. thought that his son was Asian.
0: Yeah. His son didn't really look. Yeah. He definitely did look Asian. Okay. I, I don't know if the kid's Asian or not. I Lucian Parrot. Yeah. He's, he's his. Hispanic fellow I mean that's fine mm-hmm. whatever wait the Hispanic fellows comes in all shapes and sizes so I, I yeah I guess maybe they should have cast a kid to I mean I don't know he called him his son so I, I don't know um I, that, that didn't I I don't know I know Pedro Pascal so I was like okay he's Hispanic Well, it, I didn't it just
2: not me that she didn't even know her own people
0: yeah I, that's pretty funny but again I I already knew who he was and just watched the Mandalorian and everything mm-hmm. so I, yeah you know I, I'm familiar with him so it never occurred to me that that could be misconstrued I did was like oh uh, his kid doesn't really look like him but thought that, that was strange casting, but I was like, okay, whatever. Let's move on with it, right? Um, not a deal breaker. Yeah, not a deal breaker. Like weird, definitely, but not anything I was... That, that's like some super nitpicky shit. If somebody was like, oh, I just couldn't get over the fact that his kid didn't look like him. But at first, I she I thought the same thing she did. His kid actually looked a little Asian at first. Uh, You did have some... Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, they don't look enough alike for me to be like, oh, that's definitely his well, son. We never see the mom, so that's yeah, true. Work. Whereas, I think the kid they cast him in the flashback looked exactly like Pedro Pascal. I was like, dude, that's totally him in a flashback. What an, That's an excellent casting for such a strange little uh, cameo. They should have got that kid to be his son. No offense to the other kid. I'm sure he's a great actor and a wonderful young man.
2: I referenced the Fire and Water podcast, who's Who uh, episode earlier where they were, they were talking about the Wonder Woman entries, and they do trade paperback recommendations at the beginning of the show. And Shag proceeded to recommend a trade about Maxwell Lord, which just made my blood boil. Um, it's interesting because obviously Maxwell Lord has a bit of a history. Fix it. You 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 can speak a little bit to that.
1: Uh, I think I read some of the. Um uh, what is it from um the Kevin Nolan run Kevin Mag- Kevin McGuire. oh Maguire. is McGuire. yeah yeah I remember you loaned me some trays of that that I read and Maxwell Lord was in there I always thought Maxwell Lord was kind of like template for like uh imp and then from uh Wildc- Wildcat.
2: I I can see some similarities there can you tell us a little bit about that character though from where you're reading up those books
1: um don't, I mean he was kind of a deal maker I mean bombastic loud uh, dude I haven't read these books in over 10 years so it's been a while
2: <laughs> so obviously he did debut in Just League International. He was the businessman yeah, yeah, who brought, a, yeah. he brought the team together in the first place and was manipulating them to his own ends. Uh, he basically had plotted to kill his boss to, in order to, to make himself, uh, uh, give him an advancement within the corporation. His boss accidentally died during the event in which he was going to try to kill him. Uh, but he also found himself trapped in a cave where he uh was became enthralled to a, a machine messiah creature. And uh, he was basically using the JLI to help him. Get out of that relationship, and then most of the Justice League International five-year series uh, involves his arc from being a slime ball, basically, to actually becoming a decent human being. Uh, basically, having spent so much time with the heroes, he became a better person himself. Uh, and then, of course, a number of years later, they decided that they were going to have him actually be evil and also hate metahumans and be plotting to kill them and take over a satellite and all
1: this Did kind he of stuff. Like OMAC or some shit like that.
2: He was supposed to get tied into Brother Eye and the modern age yeah. OMAX yeah. yeah and I
1: kind of remember that a little bit too
2: yeah and it was this and let's be honest for the most part that just makes him a poor man's Lex Luthor there already is a Lex Luthor so it's stupid besides the yeah. drama of him betraying the team why do you need this guy if you look at the Supergirl show where they adapted the character there he was literally the Lex Luthor stand-in because at that time they weren't allowing them access to any of the Luthor's um <clears throat> obviously I think that the character is more interesting and more valuable in his original incarnation versus being best value Lex Luthor and that's what they were going to do with the George Miller Justice League movie where it was largely an adaptation of elements of Countdown Infinite Crisis Infinite Crisis and the, the sacrifice arc where Wonder Woman snapped Maxwell Lord's neck I believe that that was going to happen in the movie as well and he was going to be a major motivational force the main difference was that he was having the control of the OMAX while working with uh, Talia al Ghul so they were going to tie that into Ra's al Ghul and the like um <clears throat> and the character was going to be played by Jay Bauchelle uh, in that movie Um, which would have been striking at the time but then of course they went on to cast um, fucking Zombieland guy what's his name?
1: Woody Harrelson. (laughs) The other one. Oh Jesse Eisenberg Eisenberg. yeah
2: and so once you've got Jesse Eisenberg playing Lex Luthor Jay Baruchel is too close to that Um, so I liked that they have a seeming Lex Luthor type in this movie who very clearly is not at that level at all and he's not a scientist or particularly a a genius even and I like that they make Made him sympathetic in the end, they gave him that human connection with his kid. I really enjoyed the way he's having that breakdown in front of his kid as he's starting to go off the rails, and you could you could feel his his all the pressure that he was under and and his uh, rampant ambition and desire, and it really helped to humanize him. I feel like by having Pedro Pascal, a guy that a lot of people like for a lot of different things, um, as just as a human being, a lot of people like him, and and he's another one of those guys where he's like Chris Pine, where he's like one of the good guys on the internet, and by having him play Maxwell Lord even though he's not the same guys in the comics in terms of his status and a, his motivations are much darker at the initial point of the comics than there ever really are in this movie although they do start to go to some dark places but by the end of the movie you've seen his journey and you've seen why he was the way he was and he's so much more sympathetic that I can actually see Pedro Pascal continuing on as Maxwell Lord and other DCEU movies I don't know that that's going to happen but it would be an interesting element to have in those movies and he through this movie helps to reclaim the Justice League incarnation of the character and I really appreciated that uh, and I, I thought he was a really strong performance and it was one of the things that Paquita liked uh, about the movie as well as he, she enjoyed that character's arc
0: yeah it just unfortunately uh, it, his whole presence in the movie was just tied to the wish rock mm-hmm. uh, and none of it made any fucking sense so I, I guess so he wished for more wishes and then and he grants wishes he could grant wishes by touching people and then could take something from them but he them himself was then losing his health, so that he started stealing their health. So this is but, this but is he the was thing. never stealing health. This he no, stealing, he did. He said well, he said he could rebuild
1: himself organ by organ. Well, he was saying he was going to get around to it, but he kept not. I think kept... that by the time he was at the base, he was already doing it. Because remember, he already had like a bloody eye and stuff. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. he was falling apart, and then when he gets to the base, he's brand new. So I'm assuming several hundred people have died already, so he could be back normal. So why was he
0: deteriorating? Was the rock deteriorating the more wishes it gave? I guess that's what it was taking away from him as his health. Right, but but the but the rock didn't lose things. So, Again, you're trying to make sense out of a fucking movie that made no sense. He wasn't making the wishes. That was the whole trick. Somebody else was making the wish. Yeah. He turned himself out of something that makes no sense.
2: He turned himself into the wish rock. Therefore, as the wish rock was a monkey's paw, since he was the wish rock, he could be the dictator of what the monkey's paw drawback was. And so that's why he, that's how he was working it is that he would make somebody make a wish, but because he is now the wish rock incarnate, he gets to determine what the drawback is going to be and have. It favor himself but of course he doesn't recognize that this is slowly killing him as well because he's a human being not a wish rock and so he has to incorporate rebuilding himself physically as a human being into other people's wishes into their
1: drawbacks because it just felt like they kind of stole it, the end of Aladdin make- where he's like give me the powers of the genie I have the powers but then you're now he's he's now bound, bound by the rules of the rock where you know you have to grant wishes but you're right Mac it doesn't make sense because the rock never lost anything it gained Because yeah, it- apparently it was from se- some evil deity that even scared the shit out of Wonder Woman where she's like dropping the thing like she's freaking out.
2: And that was which, one uh, of the nice easter eggs is the, they do reference the, the, uh, the Duke of Deception the, in that
1: moment. The Aztec back.
0: Patel, which was fucking lame. Yeah, and, and uh, okay, so Frank, you mentioned that. So was that, of all the mentions of Wonder Woman lore in this movie, is any of this, does any of this has to do with anything in the comic books? Her Maxwell Lord, you said Cheetah was wrong. Uh She's making up powers as she goes. All the Themyscira stuff is is not really, is it, other than it's happening on Themyscira, it's not really anything that happened in the comic Th- books. The
2: mascara has had a lot or, of sorry, different Themyscira. values and motive and and uh, uh, orientations and the like. I have no issues with any of the the way that they handle things on the Mascaras because it's it, it works within the logic of the comic books. It's not a carbon copy, but there's nothing in there that specifically counters anything in the comics really. So all the stuff on Paradise Island is fine with me. Well, Macro except for lord,
0: the, all the gods being dead. All the gods are dead. She's right, the daughter of Zeus. Right
2: and that's that's first movie stuff so i'm not since that's not really addressed very much in this movie i'm not you know fine that was that was that was a prior
0: movie's decision okay so Um, then this god the god that created the stone is any of this
2: well that's the thing is they give you a number of made-up movie names but they do drop a reference to the duke of deception who is one of the oldest wonder woman villains and while not one of my favorites for to me he's like you know how like you've got the sandman who is like one of the first spider-man villains and he's visually very iconic and they they finally get him in the movies and he's already in the, in the cartoons and stuff. And then you also have Hydro Man and he kind of does the same thing and even kind of looks the same. So you're like, why does this guy exist? They're, they're doing essentially the same thing. So the Duke of Deception to me was kind of like that for Dr. Psycho. Is Dr. Psycho conceptually had so much more to do with Wonder Woman and, and what her mission is and it gives her an opportunity to face somebody that's got nothing to do with all the Greek god stuff. And then you're going to have a Greek god who kind of does the same stuff where he makes illusions and stuff and manipulates people. So okay. he's, that's, he's the Hydro Man of Wonder Woman's rogues gallery essentially. But the fact is they did give him a name they did drop his name which was nice. So that gave us a legit old school Wonder Woman villain who's you know tying into the whole Rich Rock thing even though that element has nothing to do with the comic book character. Um but it is also the yellow spandex moment as well where it's like, "Oh hey, look, they referenced a, a tiny little moment of Wonder Woman lore." And then they're going back to this Maxwell lore thing that got they came up with in like 2008. Um and and she really hasn't faced him much since then either, so it's really one encounter the joke I make is that Wonder Woman is Maxwell Lord's number one foe because she's the one who snapped his neck and Wonder Woman barely knows who Maxwell Lord is and skipped out on his team uh, back in the 80s and like he must have been mad for 20 some odd years to mess with her afterwards like it took him decades to build up the huevos to go after Wonder Woman and she's like click and then she moves on to do other things you know so uh, he doesn't mean anything to her so when you devote an entire movie to Maxwell Lord that's got Wonder Woman in the title when Wonder Woman already has her broke ass Lex Luthor use her character, not this guy that barely ever had anything to do with Wonder Woman. So that's an issue. Yeah. But at least Maxwell Lord, while his backstory is completely different, he's a sympathetic character in the way that he was in the comics. So that's a nice representation of comic books, just not Wonder Woman branded comic books.
0: So, how about the, how about, you know who was the Mayan guy they went to go see who had like Mayan ans- ancestry and Frank
1: Patel? Who, who, who's he? Hello. No, I'm letting him talk. No, I don't know. It says the name of the characters, Frank oh, Patel. Oh, sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, that was a guy who was in the movie to jump a bunch of exposition really randomly
0: and very badly conceived. Yeah. I get horror. Okay. I, I'm trying to... I, it was... So many things in this movie are so random. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there has to be... like They took a whole sidebar to go to this Mayan guy's house and he pulls out this Mayan book that was in impeccable condition Um, and to just have a bunch of pictures of the wish rock in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I was just like, okay, so this has got to be like an Easter egg or like, like the guy they're going to see. Maybe he, he was an old pal of Diana's at some point in a comic book because it was so randomly thrown in and you're saying it was not okay. absolutely
2: not that got nothing to do with nothing it, which is a, a, one of the issues that people are having with the movie is that it draws so little front one more lore after that opening sequence um, and, and then that's also reminding me of one of the ways in which the left are attacking the movie is you talked about the Egypt sequence and uh, uh, this uh, I you know I, I left during the planes uh, stealing sequence and when I came back I never connected to the movie in the same way after that in part because all the Egypt's stuff was so kooky but also a bunch of people have pointed out how ahistorical it was mm-hmm. and had, how all the brown people in this movie are not were represented well and mm-hmm. it, it, DC Comics has fake Middle Eastern countries. They have Bialia. They have Quarack. There's all there's all, plenty of opportunities to not offend anybody by just having a stereotypical generic place where you wouldn't be able to point out exactly what you did wrong. But they have to go to Egypt. And the problem with Egypt is that there's elements of Wonder Woman lore that's specific to Egypt, particularly the Bonamigdal, uh who were brought in in the 1980s by George Perez uh, toward the end of his run. And all this stuff comes out of the McDowell so you're not going to reference that at all why are you going to egypt why are you pretending like egypt is saudi arabia and using a bunch of saudi arabia visuals and and it's just there's a there's a i think it's a valid you know it's easy to dismiss that because this is an 80s movie right but there are a lot of people especially Mo- muslims and people of middle eastern descent who are looking at this is like this is the shit we've been putting up for decades and we finally started to move away from it and now you're putting us right back into this shit and i think there's a problem with the wonder one movie is everybody deserves to have their movie asian folks should have their superhero movie black folk should have their superhero movie weirdly this is the movie superhero movie for karen's and there's a lot of karen-ness about this movie it's non-intersectional feminism I, you know Paquita got on me because she didn't agree that it was white skewing in terms of its mindset but just the weird proprietary quality of wonder one's relationship to the guy's body you know stuff like that it's like that was a thing that you could have gotten away with in the 80s it's a thing that you could get away with in a lot of romance novels going back to in the day women also like to have those trippy power fantasies uh, even a sort of reverse rape fantasy but I think it's a particular type of woman and there's a generational divide there where it seems like this was the first superhero movie created specifically for middle-aged and older white chicks and I think that's one of the things that people are rejecting is it's so not inclusive where the first movie was so inclusive because there's all this stuff that they could have easily fixed or not fucked around with in the first place that they fucked around with blindly not paying attention and so this movie is almost like Gal Gadot's imagine video from months back writ large where it's a bunch of people who really should know better not getting it and just going face first into bullshit that they should have not have been fucking around with
0: see and I didn't catch any of the like the Egypt stuff I was just like I think that is a little weird you're like oh he's got a kingdom now and a wall divides and I'm like well, yeah this is a little weird but the argument
2: was I, he was supposed to be blocking out the heathens and only the pure bloods were supposed to be in so that's the most explicitly Trumpian thing that happens and that's the reason why they want to kill him is because he no longer has anybody to guard him and he's blocked uh, uh, the poor people in the, the region from getting to the water source on the other side of the wall and so one side people are dehydrating on the other side they got this guy who's been an asshole for ages who no longer has any protection and wanting to kill him so th- there's this weird sort of uh, um, what's the fucker Libya uh, Muammar Mu- Mu- Gaddafi kind of thing going on there so it's just like this fucking goulash of Middle Eastern stereotypes all in one place and the politics of the movie make no more sense to the other logical farts so
0: that, w- that was another editing part too where after the action trip, suddenly they're back at the wall on the other side on a payphone. Right. And it was like, I thought you were he was leaving. The wall had already been erected. Maxwell was leaving one direction, and then you're passing him that direction, and now you're going away with him, but now you're back at the wall. Like, that's another one of those things where it's just like, well, we got to have him call a, a Minerva on a payphone. So, well, we're, well, let's just put him by the wall so we can see if there's chaos breaking And it's just like, okay. And then I guess they left again to go back to the jet. Like, again, I'm perfectly fine letting some of this stuff go but it was just like perpetual in this movie mm-hmm. that it just it just completely it was just to where it became nonsensical to where I'm like did I even pay attention to what this character just said because I'm trying to figure out how the hell they got where they're at um, anyway I'm trying to not harp on that stuff so much
2: Yeah, and yeah, again, again the movies illogical. You you try to accept it as a little logical thing I do think that reflects a lot of Wonder Woman comic books because going back to Master Lobes they had their own weirdo uh, kinks and their own bizarro logic um, so that does I think unintentionally evoke classic Wonder Woman story. I think that when you mentioned the Bollywood thing, I think that was a good catch because they needed to get weirder to get away with the weird stuff they were trying to get away with. If it had been a weirder movie and a more nonsensical movie, I think we would actually be able to accept it more on its, you know, on those terms. But it's just straight enough to where this thing, these little threads are just hanging out all over the damn thing. And you can't help but start pulling at them because they're
0: just everywhere. Right, and it's not Ragnarok where they went full bizarre with it. Where mm-hmm. like They're on Sakaar and it's one of the most crazy things i've ever seen on a movie screen instead this was still like trying to be uh, just a regular action superhero movie but it was it was it's like if they had a bot write it or something mm-hmm. you know and everything's like kind of just like they were trying to take a bunch of stuff the bot learn. like we showed a bot 100 hours worth of comic book movies and this is what it wrote and you're like yeah i can kind of see how this is a comic book movie but it's it, something's off with it it's just there's something not right all throughout the movie um okay so we should probably let's just move to the end of the movie yeah just I, I just it. want
2: to mention one other thing too and Another reason why the, the carelessness of this movie I was with the movie throughout all this stuff and I'm still with the movie overall but it's also you get this like m- romantic melodrama thr- international thriller that goes on for like an hour in the middle of the movie uh, without any superhero stuff without any costumes or anything who is that movie for I, I, as a middle aged Wonder Woman fan it's kind of for me and that's why I'm not as aggrieved with this movie as you guys are but it's also like this is some basic. Basic 101. Who the what's the demographic? How many vectors are you trying to get into this movie? Because I don't think 45 year old white people, white women who watched a 70s TV show is a big enough demographic to shoot for in a movie that costs like $150 million or some shit.
0: Yeah, I, I well, I think it's for a lot of not people because i, I mean you're trying to say it's the left and the right. G- generally, it just seems like people didn't like the movie. Yeah, so I, I it, like I think just generally people don't like this movie, and I, I think the fact that it's coming from both sides just kind of shows that like maybe it's just like. Like not a good movie. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it's well people are, you know, people had a lot of problem with the man rape. I bet you a lot of people didn't even piece that together. Mm-hmm. They they were just like this movie like they're renouncing wishes? Like that's it, it's the whole movie? And now they got to get the whole world to just renounce a wish and this doesn't make any sense. I think that is as much why people didn't like it as or or the fact that they thought they were going to get a cheetah movie. I think a lot of people thought mm-hmm. this was going to be a cheetah movie and instead mass Maxwell Lord who some people didn't like. I thought he had a good performance being the character. I think
2: he understood what the movie needed. To be. Be better than virtually anybody else in the movie. Going that big and that ridiculous was the exact right move, and that's why he's one of the saving graces of the movie. But like, like not uh, anybody people... complains about him. Most people are on board with, with what he did in that movie, and I think he was correct in going that uh, direction.
0: But I think a lot of people probably would have liked the movie. I think but one of the complaints I do hear is not enough cheetah. And oh, yeah. not enough cheetah means too much Maxwell well, Lord.
2: And this is the second one movie in a row where the big bad is a dude and then he has a subordinate woman who does some of the, the dirty work uh but isn't all that relevant in the grand scheme of things. How do you do that in a movie about a Wonder Woman who's supposed to be fighting other like women and showing that girls can do the same thing that guys can and shit? How do you do that? Especially when you've got a female creator writing and directing it, still going to the, but we got to got got we gotta get some penis in here, guys. Why? Why do you need that? You know? Okay, and I think so- maybe part of the reason is because, uh, for the most part, uh, uh, Chia's art goes from Selina Kyle, Catwoman from Batman Returns, to Ursa from Superman too and there isn't a lot to do with that you know if if that's who she is and Ursa was a subordinate to General Zod as well there's only so much you can do with that particular characterization they made her somewhat sympathetic but also still fairly one note and she barely even gets to know Wonder Woman so there's a thing in the comics they've done in recent years Greg Rekka made uh, Wonder Woman and Barbara Minerva close friends and even I think alerted to perhaps even a romantic uh, entanglement there as well and so having the whole thing we've got these two people who are the close and then they diverge in major ways that's very dramatic but somebody that one woman just met the other day fixating on her all single white female like like that it's a, it's again it's very tropey and it's not superhero tropes it's other weird 80s cable thriller kind of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense there isn't enough cheetah in this movie like what you get a cheetah is good but the character herself doesn't have enough meat bones to support a movie so even if you had more cheetah i think you cheetah just you know spoiled uh with more exposure unfortunately because of how she was constructed and how little there really was there beyond what we did get on the screen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess so. But again, if it's your movie, and you can write whatever. Like, you're obviously exactly. not bound by any sort of comic plot because mm-hmm. you've completely abandoned all ties to the comic books. Uh, so just write her well. If you don't feel like there's, you know what I mean, that you just make it better. And, and you failed to do that. Uh, so Maxwell Lord is basically wishing his way up the totem pole, right? Like he, he make he gets a, a a meeting with the president, and he wishes missiles, and then missiles appear. And, and then
2: I, I just why would you have a guy just sort of kind of vaguely resemble Ronald Reagan in a movie clearly set during the Reagan administration and not do a better job than that? Why would you just vaguely allude to Reagan when there are plenty of people that are alive and he's one of the most memorable presents we ever had, one of the most imitatable presents we've ever had? Why wouldn't you just do an impersonation and have some fun with it, you know?
0: I mean, he, he's he's the 80s. Ronald Reagan is the 80s. I mean, you can't really talk about the 80s without talking about Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So, and,
2: and yeah. so when you get this funky, fakey, quasi-Reagan, who looks about as much like Reagan as the president from the first two Superman movies. Again, can't help but reference that. He actually looks a little bit like that actor, like he's supposed to be some sort of a hybrid. That, don't do that. Don't. It's not like it's some vague president from some time period that nobody was alive for and nobody remembers anymore. Everybody knows Ronald Reagan. People still do Ronald Reagan
1: impersonations.
0: It's, it's a
1: fairy tale, man. Let it go. Thwarted, on.
0: thwarted expectations. So So then he looks over and he's like, what are these boards over here? And he goes, well, it's a telecommunication system and we're gonna be able to put it's kind of like star wars we're gonna be able to just put uh, it's like we'll be touching the american people or whatever he said and he's like touching american people anyone in the world so then the plan is that he's gonna go to like norad or wherever this place was and then like beam himself into people's homes and ask all over the world ask them to make wishes and he's touching them even though i'm pretty sure the president even says in that scene well it's like it's like you're touching every person in the world and he sort of says well not literally and it's like okay well i thought he literally had to touch people so I think that's kind of an important part because you're telling me it has to be literal and now you're you're saying he's not literally touching them but he is literally touching them because by the end of the movie he crawls into like a satellite beam <laughs> that is beaming a feed of the, sh- of the press conference into space and into people's TVs and because he's standing in the beam he's able to talk to everybody and acquire their wishes and at this point I don't know what is going on in this movie and then it gets worse because then she lassos his leg and then she can she's talking to us breaking the fourth wall she's looking at us through the camera and telling us that we can be better and we gotta da da and do all this junk and that then now people all around the world will start renouncing their wishes except obviously like some people they even showed a scene where a woman he wished this woman would drop dead and her wish was that your people would get out of here and that was all Irishmen were getting round up and arrested well, she can't renounce her wish now because she's dead. Um, <laughs> well, he does renounce his though. He does, but they were doing CPR on that woman. And I <laughs> yes, didn't see her She was <laughs> dead. Maybe she'll come back to the closest woman. That but by then all like the Irishmen are gone. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, I, I just completely. Uh, and then I think he like, he like hears his son. Yeah. Who also confused me. earlier. Alistair. Alistair. because that didn't the kid make a wish with him on the couch. And then he later likes, on, he's, yeah. And then he's wishing the to the, like, com- roaming the streets. But when the kid wishes to the computer screen, I wish you were here. Daddy would, that happen they everything all the wishes are so it it did
2: happen so (laughs) ultimately it did finally
0: happen and i guess ultimately ultimately it did happen but a wall didn't burst out of the ground immediately like it did every other time and again
2: when when wonder woman had the the wish rock in her hands it took like a day and a half for steve trevor to turn up but then maxwell lord becomes the wish rock and people are having this instantaneous wall surrounding egypt turn up but then you know his son makes his wish and maxwell lord doesn't come to him it, yeah, as you say, it's completely inconsistent. Or the which,
0: FBI, show, the FBI immediately rolls up to that guy's place to start cracking down because he was insider trading or whatever. And it was just like, well, Whoa. and then they did.
2: That did you catch that uh, particular Easter egg? No, uh, I,
0: don't,
2: no. I don't know. So when when he's got his Ponzi scheme going and the guy is confronting him over it, weirdly looking a little bit like Bernie Madoff, so it's weird that like kettle calling uh, pot black. Um, they keep calling him a Simon. It's like, man, I, I bet you that's supposed to be Simon Stagg. And then when they they actually do the the bust you could see that it is stag industries. And so that's a reference to the unscrupulous uh, millionaire, if not billionaire, who's responsible for the creation of metamorpho and whose daughter ends up conceiving a child with metamorpho. So it's like, that's cool. They got Simon in there. That was cool to build the greater DC universe. But again, absolutely nothing to do with wonder woman.
0: I was going to say, but so that's what I was going to say. Okay. So how does that tie to wonder woman? It is just fucking nothing. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, so yeah, dude, I I just, by the ending, I'm just like, I can't even. Yeah. And then he goes and he finds his kid. I guess because they were talking to her mentally otherwise he literally just randomly found this kid in the middle of Washington yeah, D.C. Yeah. and they but just again, landed the in a block for him, of so
2: that, that's the there's your get out of jail for, uh, free but you're not the only one who pointed that out. Did I miss the part where we talked about how uh, Jenkins decided to refilm the White House sequence from X2 with Nightcrawler and not do it as well?
0: Uh, yeah I guess so. Yep. Yeah, yeah there was that.
2: <laughs> and I mean I liked it fine. I was talking about this when the trailers were coming out. I love that she never draws a sword in this movie and the bunch of people were Bitch about that. Fuck them. You know, uh, she uses use the lasso. She uses it in inventive ways. She's using a non hostile, non lethal device throughout most of the movie. She doesn't, you know, I, I love that that aspect of the character was brought back to the fore. And so I really appreciate that, you know, th- this is one of the many things that mitigates my issues with this movie where you guys don't have that to fall back on. I, I, I enjoyed the fight with uh, Minerva and Wonder Woman in the White House, even though it was a little cheesy. Um, But the logic the TV thing is like the scale is already big enough and I feel like somebody I don't know if wanting to compete or wanting to top the last movie or what made them go in the direction of the whole TV wish thing just taking it too 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 far but also this was a movie that did not have the light in the sky that all the heroes have to go in battle and then it becomes a sunlamp projection thing in the NORAD and it's like you were so close to not doing what every other fucking superhero movie does and then you fucking went there and you went there to do the morals story thing and I've heard a lot of people bitch about how the opening sequence is tacked on and how having two opening sequences uh, just drags the movie down even though those are the best two sequences of the fucking movie for the most part you do have the moral of the story from the beginning of the movie come back to the end and I do think it was an attempt to reach out to like Trumpkins to say you know truth is important and your ethics are important and you can't let us be divided all that kind of stuff I, I understand the motivation for him to do that and to try to tell that story and to try to reach out uh to find some kind of peace and a divided nation all that kind of stuff but that's not what people went to wonder woman 1984 to see and it was not done very well and i'll defend a lot of the movie but i gotta tell you by the time we're at the point where uh, I, I think everybody was just tuning out i think it just all became babble like you know there was so much going on and so many voices talking and nobody's saying anything really substantial it's obvious grade school kindergarten do one to others kind of shit and you need to have a more substantial message to have a substantial impact it's it just basic it was too basic and it was like uh, again it was the part of the problem with the last act of the first movie was the shitty cgi going on too long but another part of it was like i believe in the power of love and we got that same bullshit goofball kippy granola ending to this movie too and people were just i don't think we're not here for that shit
0: well and like you, you said talking about the fight scene to the, the white house like i thought the fight scene was good but then like when she knocks wonder woman across the room and she's like laying there up against the wall and look man like i thought chris wick was pretty good in this movie i felt uh uh, pedro pascal did well in his role with what he had to work with chris Pine was sort of just here talking uh gal gadot was just not a good actress dude and in this movie they tried to have her do some some real like tugging at my heartstrings kind of stuff and it just ah, it just didn't work she looks like wonder woman and you couldn't cast anybody else as, as wonder woman now but man dude some of her parts it was rough it was rough with her uh and it's just that, coupled on top of the awkward, bad action and the bad CGI, and just nonsensical wish wishstone uh, or wish rock. And then the the good parts not being good enough, like not being there enough. Like, dude, this movie is just bad, man. And and it really went into full like quantum realm for me. Where I, by the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, if I heard the word quantum again, I was gonna like puke all over myself. That's what it was. Was this this, this movie was wish walk, wish rock, wish rock, and now I'm wishing for this, and I'm wish. Well, how did this happen? Well, because we wished it, and we wished this, and we wished this, and and now we're gonna renounce our wish. You better renounce that wish let's renounce some wishes and it's like this is just this is just this is just bad like this is bad that's what what ant-man made. it was just bad um so by the end of this movie it was just bad dude and i was really like i said i, I wanted this movie to be good because this movie has this year has sucked and we lost all of our comic book movies that were going to be worth a damn um and it's pushing all the these you're mo- the woman
2: they were supposed to have uh black widow in the mix right
0: I, absolutely and and it was just this movie was just bad dude this movie this was not a good movie and i know you, you're I, I don't know what you're trying to do like you're trying to say that well that's kind of how one. Wonder woman's universe it is it has got a little hokiness and just stuff like that but there's nothing in this movie that has to do with wonder woman's universe so it'd be kind of weird that but they and ignored and this, all this is, this is wonder- where
2: i'm going to have to argue with you though is i've, I've laid out and agreed with um I'll, most of the the problems you have with this movie i i, I ple- accept that it's one of the reasons why i wanted to go ahead and do a group uh podcast was because i knew you guys were gonna have legitimate concerns and i'd have an opportunity to discuss that to give a little bit of respect on that a lot of Wonder Woman stories are kooky like this uh like I, as for instance i you know as a person who really likes the Diana Prince persona, which was abandoned by George Perez and has never really been fully recovered. While it's a little frustrating that it's, a um, you know, an archaeologist that's running around the world doing all this espionage stuff, it was still easy for me to see Diana Prince in plain clothes, doing the mod white jumpsuit era type espionage stuff, and, and be like, yay! I'm getting my, you know, this different incarnation of Diana Prince that I've always loved. And you're right, the movie is derivative, and it goes off the rails, and it's kooky, and it's got major, major problems. I, I think that the, the main issue Is the script. I I can accept the altered physics that are different from most other superhero movies. I can accept the constant derivation from other superhero movies. I do feel like Patty Jenkins is a person who has learned how to do superhero movies from other superhero movies and you end up with this sort of Rob Liefeldian feedback loop where you're sort of regurgitating stuff from other movies we've already seen and to some degree that's tweaking the nostalgia clit and in other ways you're just going like but I've already seen this shit. I've seen this shit a bunch of times. There is an element of a person who's not a fan of the larger breadth of this character's history just trying to do like a greatest hits not only of Wonder Woman but also of other superhero media and that can be very tedious so I get all the complaints you have about that and I will also say that the movie does lose me by the end I agree with that it just goes on too long it's got a very deliberate pace but at the same time Diana Prince and Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor are all characters that I have affection for that I enjoy seeing in movies and seeing this movie get attacked as it has been i understand in part where that comes from it was a definitely a byproduct of this not being a modern superhero movie this is very much an 80s and 90s flavor superhero movie and it, i i absolutely agree that it does have problems but at the same time since i enjoy those characters and since the movie is taking its its sweet time telling the story with these characters and not in a way that i think is like i don't think it's monotonous i don't think it's necessarily inherently boring i just think that it has its own pace and that pace is much slower than most people like but because I like these characters and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing you mentioned how uh, the movie isn't supposed to be a comedy and one of the things I did not like about the first one of movie was the many attempts to make it a comedy that were just achingly bad you know the, the humor in the first movie is broadly terrible and this movie doesn't really try to do much of that comedy aside from the Steve Trevor stuff and the Steve Trevor stuff was better than the stuff they had in the first movie and it made a lot more sense than some of the stuff they did in the first movie so because I enjoy spending time with these characters I don't mind a lot of that stuff I'm willing to forgive a lot of that Stuff and part of it is also because since I grew up on shitty 70s, 80s, and 90s superhero movies back when that was all you could get. This is it's sort of like the argument you had with the first movie where we finally we had to wait so long to get the Wonder Woman movie to where it would be something you would actually want to see as opposed to all the horrible stuff that could have happened if somebody else had done it in the 90s or the aughts So to some degree, watching this movie, it's like I'm getting my 1984 Wonder Woman movie that's somewhat equivalent to the Supergirl movie that came out. Certainly better than the Supergirl movie. And the other thing that I can't help thinking about again as a Wonder Woman fan. Having sat through the Christopher Nolan trilogy and having people fucking nut over that stuff like they're masterpieces, there's one good movie of those three. The Dark Knight is a great movie and it's a great superhero movie. I will in no way dispute that even though I have issues with that movie too, but overall, that's a that's just a well-made film. Batman Begins is boring and I can't tell you hardly anything that happens in that movie because it puts me to sleep, literally. The Dark Knight Rises is fucking dumpster fire bad. It is stupid. It was another instance where a director who had no business writing a superhero movie they were supposedly supposed to have a bunch of fucking layers of subtext about the geopolitical circumstances of the modern era and capitalism and all this kind of shit it's fucking trash that movie is dumb as shit okay people who like that movie like the vision of the director and they like spending all that time with characters they love like Batman and Catwoman I, I think Anne Hathaway's is a, a really good Catwoman that was every scene that she's in I'm happy about almost every other scene I'm not happy about we've all made fun of Tom Aunt Hardy's Hathaway? stupid fucking uh, uh, sorry Anne Hathaway not Anne Hage um, it's a shitty fucking movie though most of the Batman movies are trash especially the Schumacher ones I've never even seen Batman and Robin but I rewatched Batman forever a few years ago it was terrible it was painful uh, again I was, I was looking forward to the Nicole Kidman scenes and virtually nothing else and I actually liked Val Kilmer as a Batman but it's just a shitty movie so it's like holding Wonder Woman to the standards of the good Marvel movies and stuff it's not fair because it's not that that and it's it's not even trying to be that i think it's good relative to the standards of the old school superhero movies and i think it's good compared to soulless shit like suicide squad too i'd much rather watch this than something like that i'm not going to say that it's a good movie i'm saying that if you're a fan of wonder woman and if you're you can get past a lot of that bullshit and still enjoy this movie and i will but at the same time because i think it's somewhat similar in quality to something like a batman rises or sorry dark knight rises i'm i don't rewatch that movie very often in part because i'm not a huge batman fan i would be able to watch that movie about once every five to ten years at most if I liked it. I don't like it, so I won't and I don't really care about Batman's universe. So if you look at it from the perspective of most superhero movies before Marvel came along and revolutionized the genre and a lot of stuff that had to come out afterwards, it's comp- comparable or better than, I, but it, I think it helps a lot to come into this movie as a Wonder Woman fan going in because you're going to forgive it for a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have otherwise. The same way you, a lot of Superman fans forgive the Man of Steel, which has also got a lot of fucking problems and has a much worse understanding of the Central character in the movie than this movie has. So to see this movie trash the way that it is, where Man of Steel got complaints, but it kind of comparatively got got through unscathed, and people still like fucking rave about Dark Knight Rises, even though it is awful, awful, stupid, terrible movie, this is at least comparable to Dark Knight Rises. So don't fucking tell me it's a worse movie. Not that, so I'm not negating its problems, not saying it doesn't have problems. It's just comparable to movies that you have to watch going in as a fan. If you don't have a fandom for Wonder Woman, this is going to be an interminable movie for you as it seemed to have been for you gentlemen but I don't think it's any worse than the shittier Batman movies or even the middle middling I mean, Batman movies uh
1: I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say it was a cinematic abortion or anything, but dude, you're giving it. I mean, I get it. If you're a fanboy of Wonder Woman, you're gonna be okay with it. But just as watching it as a film, there was just way too many problems with it but as a it, film.
2: Like there aren't problems with fucking again, Dark Knight oh, Rises, yeah, where he fucking these, he goes from like a hole in the Middle of East problem. to fucking Gotham in two days or some shit like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll grant it, but
1: this one just there was just too many problems. It felt like too many writers. But you're a Batman fan having too many problems in a Batman oh, dude, movie I, for Batman fan is different. I, dark, uh, I'm not a a Fan of a lot of the Nolan ones. There's one out of the three that is good, and Batman '89, and I'm now a big fan of uh, Batman Returns. Those are the old three Batman movies I enjoy. Yeah. The rest, what, of what about are '66? Horrible. I would even I would put this up there with the Schumacher Batman. Like they're just so hokey and dumb, and you feel like whoever wrote them didn't understand the characters. But it, when just you do, saw hey, Batman,
2: Batman and Robin, Batman, and, and when you Bill saw him, uh, uh, I a, a Batman Forever story. in the theater the first time, were you as critical? Uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, or I've only
1: seen those other movies once. Okay. The Clooney one, I've seen it once. I've seen clips of it, but I've never seen a complete movie. I think I've listened to it like on how how did this get made? Mm-hmm. Um the Val Kilmer one. I saw it once. I like the SEAL song. Mm-hmm. And the YouTube oh, it's song. a banging soundtrack. But I've never seen those. I've I've literally seen those movies one time. I've seen this movie twice. Mm-hmm. I have seen Batman 89, I've lost count. Uh Nolan's The Batman Begins. You're right. Boring as shit. Um, the last one with Bane, dumb as shit, the Joker one. I mean, that was a good movie. <laughs> but I just I mean, I mean, and I get it, I'm not gonna judge this movie because it's not made for me. This is not made for me. Exactly. Exactly. I went, I watched it. I experienced it. I, I didn't want to come in tearing it apart too badly because, I mean, it, it's just not made for me. I get that. All right, guys, I got to get going, dude, because it's already going to be midnight.
2: That's okay. I think argument, we're pretty well wrapped up anyway. Later. Happy New Year. So you're the last one who hasn't had a chance to beatify, though. Do you want to, or do you feel like you already said your piece earlier on?
0: No. So I, I I just, like I said, to me, this this is just, uh, as far as modern day comic book movies, it's definitely worse than the first one. Like, this isn't even a question. The worst, the first movies, and with all of its problems. Actually, this, just this much- is an
2: argument that I would make with you, though, is that both Paquita and I walked out of the movie, broadly liking this movie better than the first Wonder Woman because it was a more interesting movie. Because let's be honest, the first Wonder Woman is a reskinned first Avenger. You know, I mean, it's it's just the most hoary uh, action and superhero movie beats. But I think the difference is while this I think is a more interesting movie because it makes some choices that nobody else would have made. um It doesn't have the replay value of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is comfort food, and because it's so tropey, you can watch it over and over again. And it, it's fine like that. I couldn't watch this movie over and over again, not only because of the length, uh, but because I I would want to take this journey somewhat fresher. I, I wouldn't want to just do it over and over again. I think I would definitely get sick out of it to watch it over and over again. So it just doesn't have the replay value that the first one does. But I think it's a more interesting movie. It's just not as satisfying or as easy of a movie as the first one.
0: No, I mean I, I think the first movie had like more heart to it. I think where she's yeah. genuine. Like like there's heart in the first movie. There, there's no there's no there's no, no a lot man's lot of corny land
2: shit too. Matt, it's a very corny well,
0: movie. I, I i accepted that corny shit in the wonder woman lore is that she that's all she cares about is hope it's hope above war above why aren't these people you know why are not we helping everybody like that there's a lot of cornball stuff there but that kind of to me plays into who the character is the cornball stuff in this movie i is just it's just dumb shit so the first movie had some heart it was well, long but wait like literally just turn it off after mm-hmm. she beats the 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 souped up steroid big guy you can just turn the movie off after that and it's fine no point in this movie, could you really turn it off after mm-hmm. the halfway point and be like, oh, th- that was good. Like you have to turn it off after the mall scene, right, before you start yeah, into this of, huge yeah. problem. And like you said, the movie is so long, dude. Yeah. This movie is so long. And when we're talking about so much just dumb, superfluous shit they do in it, on top of it being long, like you are already in the doghouse for me. If you if you already made your movie way too long and there's half a dozen things I can think off the top of my head that literally had nothing to do with the film. Like she never even had to go to egypt there was no reason she had to go there they could have just shown uh max willard going there and making that deal and coming back like there, there was no reason yeah and except you, except could have, you could have come directly from
2: that to them going to the bookstore and it would actually make more sense rather than less uh, uh,
0: the only thing was that he told her through the windshield of the car it's in me or something like Or remember he made some like that's where she put it together that i guess he is the wish stone which mm. by the way when he renounces his wish shouldn't he then shouldn't the stone reappear somewhere right no. right uh, anyway so uh, again like there's just... To me, there's just no... Par- Again, and even if you wanted to have some fun with the Chris Pine stuff, you can't get it out of the back of your head that she, like, fucked that guy. And then at the end of the movie, he walks out of the apartment and she's, they, they meet eyes and she's like, there's that guy that I fucked. And I'm just like, she fucked that Like, And that's what I said. I actually said it out loud. I said, she fucked that guy. Um, dude, that's... Like, this is not good. Like, none of this is good. And, I, you know, I'm not a social justice warrior. I think it was just a dumb mistake they made. They weren't literally thinking that she's raping this guy. They were just completely oblivious to it somehow they were oblivious to it yeah Uh, like I didn't pick up on all the the Israeli Middle East stuff I didn't even think about that right Mm -hmm. Uh, but and but even I caught this one even I was like okay Mm -hmm. that is kind of weird this is kind of weird and the fact that it took them so long to be like well we should figure out who this guy is and they're like going through his closet and goofing around and stuff and I'm like no this is kind of weird. this is kind of icky definitely a violation yeah and then to have them meet eyes at the end was like worse because she looks at him like oh hey and I'm like yeah this is really weird dude like what did they think we were supposed to feel in that moment I think it was supposed to be some like longing and stuff but yeah
2: again I think that this this was written for such a narrow demographic because again if you look at romance film and and romance literature there's a lot of problematic material that's made for a certain demographic of women that accept those terms and sometimes relish in those terms that doesn't speak broadly and I think that's a major issue with this one is it's just so narrow cast they don't realize all the transgressions this movie makes but I think it makes it an interesting superhero movie because who the fuck would make this movie you know why how did this movie happen this is definitely there's going to be a how did this get made about this one eventually and I I hate that fix it had to bail on us but that last fight with the cheetah you of all people are usually the guy who just assaults bad CGI that looked like shit and I halfway think that they went in there and they fucked it up on purpose because they saw the reaction to cats and she looked like maybe too much like one of the cats and so they made it look more you know blurry so that she wouldn't look too much like Taylor Swift or something but it was so terrible and I thought that at some point we were going to get some clarity we we're going to get a better look at her you can also look at the merchandise where she's much clearly orange and has more of comic features and it feels like they pussed out no pun intended and 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 just blurred that shit so you couldn't get a good look at her but it's a horrible fight and she looks terrible in it and it's just so anticlimactic and they don't do hardly anything with the armor either not that I like that armor that's from Kingdom Come I hate that shit but if you're going to introduce that aspect and all you're going to do is have her cower behind it until she finally lets loose and tackles Cheetah full on um why even bother you know there's Uh, too uh, much shit that's for the poster or for the trailer that doesn't have anything to do with the movie and it feels like that's the stuff that they got Jenkins to do and they they needed to do more shit with her they needed to pay off the shit the movie that they were advertising
0: because it ended up not being that thing dude it it was like if she she was wearing the armor because she still didn't have her powers it would make makes sense but she already had her powers back and she seemed to be even more powerful so she goes to her apartment to put the armor on for literally she is just clawing the armor to pieces like the armor fucking sucks mm. and i'm like well then what do we even like it's because of the imagery because they put it on a poster and i'm just like that's what this whole movie is it's we had to figure out how we get from image to image uh, you know what i mean like oh we got to make an invisible jet well fucking how are you gonna do it let's do it in literally probably the worst possible way you could have made mm. one uh, you know she couldn't have just made a hint like we got to get to cairo she's like well what do you want me to do Steve take my invisible jet and that could have been the chuckle 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 exactly moment, it, and, and it would on. have
2: moved the movie along so much more quickly to just I have an invisible jet let's hop on and we'll do this shit uh, but also they have to they fucking salt the wound on the whole Zeus thing but also I don't want to see you take a, a, a M6 a, 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 a fighter jet from the US military and turn that invisible because I spent eight seasons of Marvel's Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. seeing that shit you gotta show me something new don't show me shit that I've already seen on a TV show for over a course of years that's not what the Jet looks like anyway. It should be something more fantastic and more interesting. And also, by not having this stupid stealing the jet sequence, she's not a fucking criminal. Um, they don't have to explain away all the, the shit that they would, you know, the all <sighs> there's so many shit that they could have tweaked and made this a better movie. And it's like every time that they should have gone right, they went left. You know? Uh it's shit that anybody again, it's one of those like the Phantom Menace kind of situations where you're walking out of it, and every single person who walks out of that movie can point out a thing they could have done better than what they actually did in the movie. And you're like, in when the case of George Lucas well because George Lucas wrote and directed it and he's you know Daddy Star Wars so we understand why that happened um, but again it gets back to the hubris they, they fucked up so many times on those other Warner Brothers movies and then they gave Patty Jenkins all the fucking power and control she could possibly want and she makes a movie for herself and some other members of her generation and class and it just does not resonate with the majority of the audiences in a really violent rebuke from the fans of, of all quarters as you point out
0: well and, and that's what I so uh, to me the last DC movie I saw was was, theatrically Was Aquaman mm-hmm. Now Aquaman I can say That movie was not Made for me
2: mm-hmm.
0: Okay I, I, People seem to Really like that movie I thought that movie Was god awful
2: I, I remember from you Hating it And I had a fun dude, with it You know
0: From the effects To like the weird Kookiness Like Just no n- Nothing I liked nothing About that movie Um, So it, when I hear Somebody say I think this movie Just wasn't made for me I can say Aquaman was just Not made for me I can tell you I think Wonder Woman 1984 Was a bad movie And it wasn't made For anybody Because it sure seems like Everybody that was supposed to like it, doesn't like it. I can't find that one group. I was joking. Well, I mean, and again, I like the
2: movie and I am a Wonder Woman fan, so I'm the one. But uh, with the Aquaman movie, you've got Topo, you've got Ocean Master, you've got Black Manta, you've got Mira, you've got Volko, you've got the the last, you know, the last uh, act change into the classic Aquaman armor. And this movie has a vague semblance of Cheetah and a JLI uh, supporting character. So in that respect, it's like it's both made for me and clearly not made for me in the same way that Aquaman was made for Aquaman fans and that's a little bit frustrating because
0: that's yeah, Aquaman see, I, shouldn't you take care of Wonder Woman the way you took care of fucking Aquaman I, bet, I don't even think there are Aquaman fans I don't think that's a thing I think <laughs> that I think that it was just a goofy action movie in all the right ways mm-hmm. for the same people who like I think I said this during our podcast on it, it to me this was a, it was a Fast and the Furious movie or a Saw movie you know what I mean there are people mm-hmm. who just stand for Saw movies it doesn't matter if the acting's good or bad they show up and they get all their boxes ticked and that's what they were looking for and mm-hmm. Aquaman. Ticked a lot of people who wanted to go see a comic book movie with Jason Momoa got the boxes ticked they were looking for when they went into the movie. I don't know what boxes Wonder Woman 84 ticked. Yeah. It didn't tick any 80s boxes, it didn't tick any comic book action boxes, because for the most part, all those scenes were terrible. Um, did it have a, an interesting plot? How about the villain? Did it have a, a villain that we all stand for, like Thanos or something? No, like it, it was none of it. Which is why I can only come to the conclusion that it's just not very good. Uh and and I think other than like you get to go and see see Wonder Woman on screen some more and that is enough for you and you got to see a couple if there's a couple scenes you like and that's enough for you and you're like I'm satisfied with this uh, I understand that and I'm and i I'm trying to say maybe I do some things with Iron Man 2 for that but I, I will say up and down I think Iron Man 3 is a shit movie mm-hmm. and if I was a true Iron Man stan and say I can get enough out of Iron Man 3 that I really like I'm like no Iron Man 3 is a bad movie And whereas I think Iron Man 2 gets shit on a little too much but I don't think it's shit on a little too much the same way Wonder Woman's getting shit on I, I told you before I don't really understand all the Iron Man 2 hate. And I don't think it's because I'm a blind Iron Man fan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, otherwise that would apply to Iron Man 3 too. And it doesn't. And that was a movie more people seem to like for whatever freaking reason. Um, So yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I just don't think this is a good movie. And I don't know. So I think we talked about this a couple podcasts ago about how you were worried about a Wonder Woman 3 because th- this was going to be this was failing for her. And I was like, no, I think you're going to get a mulligan <laughs> because Iron because Wonder Woman 2 is coming out during the pandemic. People are going to say, oh, well, the box office wasn't great because of COVID. Um, And they are. They already announced Wonder Woman three, but I think it nearly went the other way.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's it not just that though is uh, uh, okay. For one, at the time I was making that argument, I wasn't necessarily saying that we weren't going to get a Wonder Woman three. what I was saying is that right. she wasn't going to get yeah. the credit she would have if she came out when she was supposed to and got the audience, even if it was that first week opening weekend to show, Oh, people love Wonder Woman. Maybe we just fuck something up here and we can do another sequel. Um, my issue was that, you know, she wouldn't get the grandeur that she deserved that her here's her second movie ever for a character this iconic and this long-lived and this beloved and it's going to be coming out on a fucking streamer. That's what pissed me off. But here's the thing. This has happened a bunch of times with stuff where part of the push to get people into the movie in the early weeks is to be like, we've already greenlit three and it's going to be Patty Jenkins again and blah, 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 blah. And that shit doesn't happen. And I I wouldn't, if I were Patty Jenkins, I wouldn't exactly be counting the bills that are coming right now. She could get Colin Trevorrow to not even get to do Rogue Squadron because the response to this movie has not been great. Right. Dude, and I, don't, and, and,
0: and I, I agree. I agree yeah. 100%. Even down to the fact that she's been talking a lot of shit about Warner Brothers lately mm-hmm. about how they rewrote the ending to Wonder Woman 1. Yeah. I, I'm like Stories are non-stop. Wonder Woman, or Patty Jenkins at it again telling you yeah, she still she, regrets. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And yeah. it's like, well, okay. You're, if you're saying shit like that, you better make sure the movie that you just made is locked down. Because mm-hmm. you'll see what, what, what Warner Brothers will do if you get a stinker out there. And, um, and clearly
2: she thought that it was locked down and I guess Wonder Brothers brought that too. But if this movie doesn't have some legs to it while they're whether you know they're getting a crow. Hey, this was the biggest streaming movie of all time based on I guess numbers. They probably aren't even releasing, and they're just saying no. We beat whatever numbers anybody else lied about. You know, I don't know. I don't. How do you fucking prove how much streaming you, you got done? Okay. um okay. We can look at the money. It definitely made more money during the pandemic than any other movie. It's definitely going to be yep. in the top ten movies of the year. But so was Planet of the Apes two thousand and whatever the Tim Burton one. They didn't make a sequel to that either. If you make it clear that the audience is not responding to this work, I don't know if Jenkins gets that next gig I personally think she should have the gig because I think she's proven that she can direct a good movie and because it would be a real bad black eye for her not to do that movie with, with you know with all the up women stuff that we're trying to do right now I don't think she should have anything to do with fucking writing it though and I think that's the, the key takeaway here I think it's a good looking movie that it had good looking trailers and that's part of what drove people into the theaters I, I'm perfectly happy with the, the actors that have been cast in these movies and how they're being directed for the most part but she shouldn't be writing the shit and Jeff John should not be writing this shit and apparently David Callum shouldn't be writing this shit either because it really goes back to the writing but again with all the, the complaints I had about this movie and again agreeing with all the logic laps and everything else too I still think that you could look at this in a similar way that you would have like a Howard the Duck or frankly the Phantom Menace You got a generation of kids who grew up with the prequel trilogy who defend those movies because as you said they checked off their boxes the problem with this movie potentially is that I really do think the boxes being checked are women who watched the 70s TV show you know and i'm not sure how much more broadly this is going to be embraced so I, it's still too yeah, soon to see if this but i do think that this is going to be one of those movies that has infamy more than fame uh,
0: and i agree with damn near everything you just said I, I i have got no problem with the casting in this movie i think now, now another thing that i also happen to notice that dc in the 80s is really white in this movie oh <laughs> like, yeah
2: oh, oh I, I completely forgot to mention that too yeah which gets back the whole white non-intersectional feminism there's the little black girl that she gets saved there's a whole bunch of Middle Eastern people that are not given any depth whatsoever and are often finding themselves deadened. You got that one Asian guy that's a jerk to uh, Kristen Wigg's character at the lab. Um, there's the guy who has the book in the one scene. Um, it, it, this is a white and even the Amazons are wider than they were in the first movie. It's like a, the whiteness is rampant in this damn thing at a time where you really can't get away with that anymore.
0: Well and it was set in DC in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, it's just like how mailed in was it like so much of this movie just feels so super fucking mailed in man like I, it just seems so weird to me I, I just don't understand especially when you're like okay we've got the female character we were getting pats on the back because we we had a pro woman movie and it was like maybe we should double not even double down on it just at least keep it consistent to this movie and i felt like there was almost no girl power in this movie to be honest with you i, I didn't really feel any girl power stuff um and, and and then it's like okay maybe we can have some minority uplifting it just well there's a huge opportunity it's dc in the 80s mm-hmm. none of nothing none of that and i'm just like where that's from the first movie there's the there, there was at least an aura of hope and she's going to be the hero for the downtrodden who people just look over because they're, they're more concerned with the bigger picture they're not looking at the little man you know who's getting the, the cog at the bottom getting stepped on right she's supposed to be that person and there was just none of that in this movie yeah. zero uh Uh-uh. nothing and that was kind of that, it's just very bizarre to me dude the I, closest
2: I thing to girl power was the violence perpetuated against men who were, or were set up as straw men to absolutely unquestionably deserve it um but one thing that i thought was really interesting too is that Galgadot's relationship i'm sorry not gal diana prince's relationship to barbara minerva is extremely opportunistic it's like you don't get the sense that she's befriending minerva out of the kindness of her heart it's all about the wish stone yeah maxwell lord and all this other kind of bullshit so it's like they're not even really friends in it and diana's the one who's not being forthright about her motivations for having any kind of relationship with minerva minerva's kind of in the right throughout this whole thing you know and she <laughs> was kind of Showing her up too. She yeah. was showing her and up. And there was a, a, a an article that talked about how it would have been so much more. Inter- like for me, one of the things I like about the fucked up, weird dyna- sexual dynamics in this movie, I like that Diana is. There was an article I read recently where they talked about how people who are good and do a lot of good deeds have this weird tendency to have like a dark streak where they've like earned the opportunity to do something bad because they do so much good. And they allude to that in this movie where it's like I want one, I don't even want for Harley anything else you know I do so much for so many people there's the one thing I want but the one thing she wants is to a- allow the ghost of Steve Trevor to completely take over this guy's life that she has no value placed upon whatsoever yeah. but that's interesting because I could see that happening with this type of character it's not the Perez perfect version of Wonder Woman it's very much more like the 60s and 70s kind of fucked up women's lib uh, as interpreted by white dudes thing but it's still kind of relevant to the character and it gives her dimensions so she isn't just such a Pollyanna. So there's potential there, but it doesn't get played out very well and what the article was talking about is how Cheat is poorly served because this should be the big villain. This movie should not be dominated by Max Lord. That makes no sense. But also how interesting would be, given what we saw of the character in the opening scenes and her competitiveness and her petulance and not being allowed to be, you know, the the uh, uh, Themyscari's exceptionalism and shit, you know, right? Her competing with Minerva, seeing Minerva ascendant and feeling challenged and a lot of the tension between those two being about Wonder Woman assuming herself to be the best and uh, being uh, irritated by the gall of somebody to even challenge her and they don't that you get like a glimmer of that a little bit but it's not played enough to where you you get that across fully and so you never get that dynamic and that's so much more interesting than most of the other dynamics offered in the movie.
0: I, I agree. I, I just I that's why I was just like this uh, nothing any little hint of something that I would hope would pay off later never paid off was never de- and instead I just got got more drowned in what is actually going on like I don't know what is actually going on in this movie um and it, it wasn't I don't know where we're gonna go I don't know where this is going although I kind of did know where it was gonna go eventually we're all gonna just have to unwish it and that's literally what happened and it's just oh dude yeah. you have but to again, renounce that, that wish. Kinda, renounce of, out the wish.
2: that kind of weird illogical magical thinking kind of stuff and by the way that's another thing too Wonder Woman has demonstrated some magical powers in the past uh it's not something that comes up often but it does come up and in particular it's being explored recently Recently in the comics because she's been a part of Justice League Dark which is like their supernatural uh, team uh, somewhat equivalent to um, Shadow Pact when those guys were around for instance and she's been actually getting involved with with magic stuff because of them dark magic stuff even and it's a really interesting course to take the character on to differentiate her from like a Batman or Superman where they're sci-fi characters and supposedly grounded realistic characters and then she goes off into this magical sphere but that's not handled Ter- that aspect isn't handled well of this movie so there's another instance where you've got some potential to play with something that would, would differentiate her from other superheroes although again you've got scarlet witch over at marvel as you already mentioned that's you're in there getting into her territory when you do that stuff but it's just not explored correctly or very well but my issue this is a bad movie objectively but it's not a bad movie for a wonder woman fan and so it's like i look at the superman movies i i enjoy superman one and two and i don't like three and four and i think that this movie is better than superman three And four, but not as good as one and two necessarily. Although I'll tell you what, the first Superman drags a hell of a lot, and it's also way too damn long. And and definitely, it's going at its own, you know, feel. It's like, it's I can't say you could edit that movie and it would still be the same movie. But I also don't enjoy spending so much time with that movie. And so I I could see myself watching a Wonder Woman 1984 more than I watch a Superman one. Uh, I like this movie better than the first Batman, uh, better than all but one of the first round of Batman movies. As far as it versus Batman 66, that'd be more questionable. I'd have to watch 66 again to see. The point is, I think this movie rates well in historical superhero movies, and I definitely like it better than the lesser Marvel movies. Uh, If if For no other reason, again, because I just enjoy this character, and I do think this movie is shot well and looks pretty and has some good effects and some decent fight sequences, uh, which is more than I can say for a lot of the Marvel stuff. Um, But I I do think that you have to come at it as a fan, and I do think that a lot of those other other movies benefit from that it's one of the reasons why people rank the ant-man movies the lowest mostly because not only are they not great movies but nobody gives a fuck about ant-man you give a fuck about four and so you give it a little bit more of a curve than you would have normally you give a lot more of a fuck about a cap an iron man a batman a superman and so you cut them a lot more slack than you do those other guys because you want to spend time with those actors you want to spend time with those performances and i'm the same way with this movie i don't i acknowledge objectively it's got problems but i also think there's ways in which it's interesting i think that we've defended movies that are bad in similar ways because they got us at the right time when we were less critical and i and by the same token when somebody who saw them later in life and were looking at it more critically or just couldn't get on the wavelength you know they'll they'll shit all over how the duck for instance where we we will stand there and defend this i this is very similar territory for me if you like wonder woman if you're a fan of the character if you're a fan of the actors portraying these characters you're going to overlook a lot of those problems and these are the type of problems that plague most movies i i do think that they are perhaps exact in this particular movie and also frankly I think there's a higher standard in superhero movies but there's also a higher expectation of adhering to a very specific formula that this movie does not do and because it broke the law there's a lot of people pissed off at it I don't think it's as bad of a movie as people are saying because it does shit in a way that they see is wrong and the way that I see is different I just think it's bad in ways that other movies are bad that don't get the fucking rap that this movie's getting I'll so put it up against we- the fucking Transformers for instance you know they there are people who hate those movies but there are other people who are like just turn off your brain and enjoy it man and I know how frustrating that can be for guys like you and me who are wanting to think about the movies we're watching but sometimes if it's something you're into you're just going to turn off your brain and enjoy it for what it is because you enjoy that sphere. And I think you described Aquaman
0: not Wonder Woman. (laughs) I think you described Aquaman.
2: But no I I think the
0: difference is I don't think you have This weird giant faction of people really like Aquaman and they cannot wait for Aquaman Mm 2. I think this movie is not that dude. There are so many people People are just like, this movie was dumb. Like, right. and it, But, it, 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 but, but it, the thing be- is, oh. hold on,
2: but the, the difference is Aquaman, You, they, Aquaman doesn't have a huge fan following and obviously that movie was never going to be carried over by uh, Aquaman, but because it adheres to the action movie tropes and the Fast and the Furious tropes, they make sure you got something blowing up and a, a big chase sequence every few minutes. This movie doesn't do that and that's one of the reasons why it's not going to be embraced in the same way that Aquaman is because beyond being in service to Aquaman and his fans and to the DCEU, it's also in service to action fans it adheres to the formula that is expected from that type of movie and so it makes people aquaman fans as opposed to this movie where if you're not a woman fan you're not gonna be able to carry through this movie
0: i think what you're describing is if aquaman had been it was aquaman and like ocean master playing chess for two and a half hours (laughs) and it's like like that's what you're describing where it only serviced you were just as an aquaman fan you're like well i really like aquaman and i really like ocean master and they were yeah i know they were playing chess for two and a half hours but this you know the costumes looked Good and they would kind of do weird shit like that underwater, you know what I'm saying? Uh, like, but that's not to me, that's what this movie was. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it failed everybody, people were going to at least turn their brains off and watch an action movie, and they didn't really even get a good action movie. They went some people were actually dude, people love Gal Gadot, mm. they love Gal Gadot, and those people are like, This movie sucked. Like, even the Gadot stands are like, This movie sucked, okay? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, th- this movie has got plenty of people who should have been standing up for it in the face of how bad it was, and uh, almost nobody's doing that. In fact, there's a woman who works for the ringer called Mallory Rubin this woman loves everything she has never seen a bad movie especially if it's comic book or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter related Shh, dude her podcast on this was 20 minutes long because they she just like this movie was terrible like this movie was awful it didn't make any sense can we just move on and hope that they fix it for the next one and let's just move on to the next podcast it was like one of the shortest po- comic podcasts they've ever done 20 minutes long of them just shitting on it and even <laughs> she was just like this movie was terrible what were they doing? She raped a guy. I don't understand. How do any of these powers work? Nobody knows. The CGI was terrible. The action was bad. Why were they lassoing missiles and bullets? And why are they rescuing kids in the middle of the road? How does the ending work? Nobody understands. Okay, podcast is over. And it was just like, I think that's where she's the person that above all else would still love this movie. And she was like, <laughs> this sucked. Oh, this is terrible. And I'm like, ooh, that's not a good sign. My, my wife, we were sitting here watching a dude and the scene where, where she renounces her wish and Chris Pine, they have that, that was really Really good where he was just you gotta let me go you gotta let me go mm-hmm. you gotta let me go and she lets him go and she turns the corner and she's like breaking and falling apart and then i love running. that she's slowly
2: healing too over the course of that it's, i thought yeah, that was yeah, really nice she's, visual
0: she's getting her freaking powers back and that was very tropey but that was tropey in the right superhero mm-hmm. way Um, and she's running and she's getting faster again and she's getting stronger again and then <laughs> she lassos an airplane and then it's like <laughs> surfing it and they're doing these weird like close-ups of her face and then they're panning back and then close-ups in her face again and and then there's like a lightning blast and then she lassos the lightning and then they're back in her face and my wife turned to me and said this is horrible like she just turned to me in the middle of that and said this was this is horrible Um, and she may not have used that term she may have used a different term but and I was just like okay it's this this is like cringy bad like and it was man there was a lot of really really cringy moments in this movie on top of it just not making any sense and you know what I'm saying and that's where I'm just like I'm, try- I'm trying dude I was trying so hard I think they cast the movie well Um, Gal Gadot not being the best actor." I think they do their best to mask and not give her too many lines and make her go all over the place emotionally. Um, I said I told you I was surprised with Kristen Wigg. I was surprised with Pedro Pascal. Um, and I still I just can't, dude. This movie was just so bad, man. It was so bad. And I feel very bad for you because <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to like this movie for you because <laughs> I didn't like the first one very much. But so let me finish with this. We went back and we watched Captain Marvel the next night. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, let's just rewatch Captain Marvel. We we were way too and although honestly, I don't think we were that that bad on Captain Marvel. I think we were just overselling how okay it was. I don't think any of us said Captain Marvel was bad. Mm-hmm. I think we all just said it was okay, where people were trying to tell us it was great. And I think there was some fear that then with Endgame coming out, uh, she was then going to take over Endgame and she was going to solve the Thanos problem, which we would have all just been like, well, what did we invest the last decade in these movies for? If the Johnny Come Lately is going to be your your uh, fixer, right? Um, but we rewatched Captain Marvel, and like the plot is really good. Captain Marvel's plot is fantastic. Would They get you the... Okay doke with the scrolls in the end and it turns out Jude Law he's the bad guy all along and uh other than Brie Larson just has no emotion in that film like she should probably have been emotionally upset about the dude who had been lying to her for decades and that she makes some sarcastic remark to him and it's just like classic Brie Larson this is why we can't stand her sometimes Um but the, the fact that the scrolls are actually hiding from the Kree it, like all that stuff is real dude it pays off really well you don't totally see it coming Um, but at the same time it's not overly complicated right uh, and I was like you know what this movie this movie's pretty 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 good and it had lots of 90s music in it again they bang you over the head with it in some of the scenes which was a little too much but I would almost rather that than what we got in this uh so I would tell people just go watch Captain Marvel again don't watch Wonder Woman 84 again if you're going to rewatch a movie to see if you really thought it was as bad as you remembered it being go watch Captain Marvel because it's really not that bad
2: and I would say that that movie adheres to the formula and is boring because of it and I would much rather watch Wonder Woman 1984 be fucked up and wrong and weird and at least it's got something going on with that, that isn't in every other superhero movie, where Captain Marvel was literally every other fucking superhero movie, plus a, a actor who intentionally had no charisma, no pizzazz, and just a, a, incredibly frustrating as a
0: fan, and
2: disappointing. I, I,
0: didn't see the, I didn't see the pizzazz and charisma from Gal Gadot in this movie, to be honest with you.
2: Compared to fucking Brie Larson and Captain Marvel? Okay, now I, was, I think that that's was there. definitely question. No,
0: no, it was there in Wonder Woman 1. It yeah. was there in Wonder Woman 1. It was not there in this one, because she was kind of being an asshole. Yeah. She was an asshole.
2: She was an asshole in that, this, movie. this movie. She was, but Brie Larson is an asshole in her movie, too. Gadot does it uh, with a lot more style and uh, more personality. And it's not that Brie Larson can't do that. She, she's been great in a lot of movies. I'm I, you know, uh, i a big fan of uh, Kong Skull Island, and she's good in that one. Um, it's just that she doesn't do that with Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is just a flat fucking character, and I'm, I'm hopeful her sequel is a lot better. I think that it's got an opportunity to be better, but comparing Captain Marvel and uh, Wonder Woman 1984, I'm, I'm not going to side with you on this one at all i think that and i've captain seen marvel. i've seen I, the, captain marvel is another one i've not seen all the way through since theatrical but i've seen bits and pieces on cable and I, again one of the ways that i gauge superhero movies again is the cable challenge if i'm walking by and it's playing do i get sucked in for 20 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour or am I already done like one scene like oh yeah i remember why i didn't like this one and captain marvel is that movie I, any given scene i watch it's just so basic just tepid marvel formula no vision direction is fucking static i i got no use for that movie so i'll, I'll definitely take Wonder Woman 1984
0: for that uh, Wonder Woman 1984 has got to be at least a half hour longer than captain marvel at least it felt that it's way to very me very long
2: I-, I agree i'm not gonna argue that i'm not I, again i'm not it, it's not like i'm putting it up against any of the great marvel movies or anything else but the middling bullshit ones it is better than that because it's a it, at least it's an interesting failure to me as a Wonder Woman fan and i do think the performances across the border much better in this movie than in a lot of the marvel movies at least half the marvel movies i would say the performances in this movie are better than that
0: and see and for for me this movie is thor dark world uh this is ant-man a wasp this is iron man 3 we're I just have no. Uh, I I don't ever want to see this movie again. In fact, uh, I I think this is what this movie is going to be. going to be. It's going to be people are going to forget about this movie, or it's going to make all those worst movie ever lists, and some people will never forget about it. I don't know. Uh, or worst comic book movie.
2: I think it's probably going to get brought up again. I think I do think it's going to have infamy. Yes, I do think it's going and to I be think, one of those. Remember that movie? All the horrible stuff. Yeah, this it's definitely going to be on those lists.
0: Yeah, and and it's not, and it, again it could become Howard the Duck like cheesy bad if it wasn't so long and if it didn't. Like, have, like have some of the rape shit in it yeah like that stuff well so I bad.
2: mean we did bad have bad. implied bestiality and "Howard the duck so let's not cast stones from glass houses
0: well I mean obviously but uh but that movie never I don't know
2: actually that stone. movie was kind think, of rapey too if you think about it you know I mean that's how uh Howard and Beverly meet
0: yeah but again like you said that movie was in the 80s right that helped when they did that kind yeah. of shit not in 2020 and that's where it's gonna well, be it, like it's like
2: not that long ago they filmed a new version of a flowers in the attic for I think one of the cable networks and it's like you really shouldn't be making this movie anymore they barely got away with making that movie back in the 80s for a, a book that was written i believe in the late 70s you do not need to make flowers in the attic in the 2020s you know that that it's time is done though that's a, that's a guilty pleasure at best and you probably don't want to tell people that that's something you wanted to read or watch and one woman 1984 does kind of inhabit a space similar to that because sh- this is not a movie that should have been made in the year 2018 i guess <laughs> i don't at this point it's that's the thing that's funny too is is it's been so long between movies but this was kind of a rush job bet- going from Wonder Woman in 2017 to this in 2019 that's a 2 years uh we've seen a lot of superhero movies collapse in that time frame trying to get a sequel out that quickly but again the problem is they had plenty of opportunity to do something about that after the fact and they thought they had this shit down and hey we're not correcting that
0: so hopefully for the third one they don't overcorrect hopefully they're able to find a middle ground like you were saying they can get you know maybe a stronger writing team mm-hmm. in to help pass- maybe Patty Jenkins will be so busy with other projects she'll be like oh I better get a writer to help me with this one you know what I mean um, I
2: don't want her to have a credit in the writing department on that movie at all she is her privileges are revoked
0: after this movie and and I would suggest maybe they just do more comic shit mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I mean I don't think there's anything wrong I, I think some of the most successful comic book movies are the ones that stay way truer to the comic books mm-hmm. than the ones where people just make it up as they go along um, and I feel like that's kind of what they did here they pulled some random characters and threw them in there mm-hmm. I mean like yeah I guess she was in it, but like you were saying, they, they didn't even really do a lot of Cheetah well, stuff. Jeff
2: Johns is not a guy who's known for writing Wonder Woman and he made choices with the Wonder Woman character that were so bad that they killed an incarnation of Superman to wipe that stuff away. Um, he's not the guy you have co-write this. They had Alan Heinberg, who was a TV writer, who came into comics and did some comics that were really well regarded, including a, a run on Wonder Woman that was modestly well regarded. And then he does helps co-write the Wonder Woman movie and that one goes over well. I'm not saying get Alan Heinberg, but definitely 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 don't get jeff johns especially if you don't have alan heinberg as well um there there's a lot of recommendations of people who've actually written wonder woman who they should tap for the next one um and i do definitely want to have women involved with the next one i don't you know patty jenkins i think can direct a good movie i don't think she has any business writing a wonder woman movie and i think that it's very well demonstrated here and uh, she needs to have more knowledgeable people at her side to make sure she doesn't make the type of mistake she's making with this movie or it's going to damage her career you know
0: well i mean it let's not say it's not impossible that she learns from a couple mistakes and if she does write the third one it could still be good I'm not saying this I'm just afraid this one might actually this is going to hurt the third movie more than help the third movie
2: it's going to hurt her next movie and it's going to hurt the next Wonder Woman movie and I'm not trying to part the two of them um, but she definitely should get a wake up call to get your shit together you know or she could be Jon Favreau remember he used to do Marvel movies he's not done a Marvel movie since Iron Man 2 and that was a much better movie than this one
0: yeah and and so I, I hope for her look and look I'm gonna watch Rogue Squadron or whatever whichever one she's doing I'm, I'm gonna watch that too I'm not gonna swear off Patty Jenkins projects because of this but um I, I just think a, a lot of people just really really delay and unfortunately it came at a time where it was just a center stage it's mm-hmm. all by itself dude. Right. and the the advertising behind this movie was outrageous it is ev- still I'm still there are ads mm-hmm. everywhere on my phone for the, or on Twitter on mm-hmm. social media it's everywhere because I know because I see how many comments are on it, and you click the comments, and they're just absolutely it's a shit show of people hating the movie. i well, um, and, and this is just
2: Wonder Woman. Imagine if she fucked up a Star Wars movie. Could you um that is one of the worst fan bases in all of fandom? Yeah. They will end her if she fucks that up. So and there and, and the Rogue Squadron has a fan following. They've done books, they've done comics. There's a lot of, of lore there to build off of. Um, she can't fuck that up. So she might be better off retreating to a Wonder Woman sequel that she does not write. Um, um, but uh, I do think that her tone and her, her eye would serve Star Wars well. I think that she has the right mentality uh, to work on a Star Wars project. She best not write that shit based on this movie, though.
0: <sighs> we're we're going to see. man. Yeah, she may get uh, a... What, if what she happens doesn't get
2: to, to Road, uh, yeah. And there's a no, very, very good chance that happens.
0: A, a more recent example is the Game of Thrones guys. Mm-hmm. Who was, that The last season of that show was so bad where they were like, whoa.
2: Yeah, I remember they were going to do a Star Wars thing. Yeah. And they were going to have a Netflix series. And like everybody just backed the fuck away from them.
0: Absolutely, they went toxic. I don't think Patty Jenkins is toxic after this movie, but I think it's also only been out like a week, (laughs) so it
2: it hurts. Yeah, and what's funny too, I read an article not that long ago talking about how it's amazing how a show with the cultural impact of Game of Thrones has been so thoroughly forgotten and rendered like a non-starter in conversation in such short time to go from that hot to nothing because of how badly they fucked up that last season. Yeah, Um, it's
0: it's up there. It's like it's like Dexter because there's some like. Know if it's the Metacritic score yeah, True Blood had a terrible ending too yeah it, it, it's it, Dexter does it where the last season jumps the shark so bad mm-hmm. that people are like just don't watch the last season like if you watch Dexter up into the second of last season it's like one of the best shows ever if you watch the last season it's so bad you'll never want to talk about it or ever recommend it to anybody ever again mm-hmm. that's like what happened with Game of Thrones mm-hmm. where it got so bad it went from like the thing we all talk about and hear about to nobody talks about it and you forget compl- like all, that it ever existed yeah until about there's the another
2: worlds. George R. R Martin novel Nobody's going to talk about this shit.
0: Nobody gives a shit. And even it killed some of the fervor around rushing him to get that book out. Mm-hmm. Like nobody gives a shit. Like just don't, who cares? Uh, and now they have that new show coming out and like nobody, I there's zero buzz around it. Right. Um, so I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that could happen here, but I, I hope not. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope they can come back and the third one is at least okay. Um, and then you have one movie that's good to average a bad and then a, okay. And that's a pretty good trilogy. I think if you get two out of the three that are watchable, I think you did well. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're not all, what do you call it? Uh, Captain America, right? Captain America had three strong movies, mm-hmm. whether, you know, you could argue one of them was an Avengers movie, but, uh, Iron Man is kind of seen as, okay, he had one really good movie and the other two stunk. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of, he took over a lot of the other universe movies that he could be in. So we still got our Iron Man fix. Whereas like, I don't know, what are we doing? JLA movies anymore? Or like, what, like, what, this may be the only place we get to consume Wonder Woman. And that would be a shame if these are the only movies she's in and they just are all bad Right. Yeah. That that would
2: I. I do think that Warner Brothers is still hungry to make the DCEU happen in some fashion, but I also thought it was funny because you've got these Snyder stands running around saying, you know, restore the the canon. Yeah, all the DC movies should follow the Snyder stuff. It's like, I, I was reading an article with an executive where he's like, this is a creative cul-de-sac. This is like the last stand of Snyder. We're not doing these things anymore. We've learned that lesson at least. Um, you saw I got
0: attacked by some Snyder stands. Did you see this
2: on Twitter? No, I was not aware of this.
0: Yeah, so, so somebody had posted uh, how t- I don't know if it was like how 2020 started and how it ended, and they posted on one side it was uh, Superman. What's the, who's the actor again? I'm spacing on the guy's name. Uh, uh, no uh, Henry Ca- Henry about- Cavill. Yeah. Henry Cavill. And then uh, on the other side it was Homelander, right? Like this was the, <laughs> this was the 2020 we were promised. This is the 2020 we got. And then somebody was like, well, you know, in the Snyder movies, Superman isn't too far off from Homelander, right. which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Like oh, Homelander yeah. is so bad in The Boys. Like it, forget that. But then somebody brought up that uh, the courtroom scene in Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, where he kind of insinuates later on that he could have stopped the bomb but he was like choosing not to hear it or he chose not to look in a way or he's, he said I'm afraid I wasn't looking for it which in the theatrical cut is hinting that maybe he was purposely subconsciously not looking for danger in that courtroom because they were grilling him right mm-hmm. and I that was one of the, my main problems with the movie was like I'm like dude okay we can tell you don't like Superman but this is a little too fucking far okay he lets the fucking courtroom blow up and everybody in it die or not die a lot of them got hurt he rescued a bunch of them but but uh but that he could have maybe stopped it before it happened now in the uh, uh director's cut you see that they put it in the lead box mm-hmm. and that's they, they did that to fuck with superman mm-hmm. and that he did so that he was questioning himself yeah. but that's a huge detail to leave out in the theatrical mm-hmm. cut it's huge so i was just saying well in the theatrical cut he kind of intimates that maybe he was looking at And was like well the snyder director cut that's the real cut and that's what's canon and, and i'm thinking to myself well really none of this shit's canon right it's not canon you don't even have you don't have a universe there is no canon mm-hmm. you can't just choose that the theatrical cut doesn't exist because a director's cut came out. The director's cut came out on, so all these dudes were like jumping on me, but you, the Snyder, is the, this is the real cut, and you need to, da, 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 da. if you interpret the movie that way, you were wrong, and everything. I'm like, okay, whatever you say, guys. So if Wonder Woman was getting shit on by the Snyder stands who are mad that they kind of took his name off of it and ejected him from it, I can see it. But again, it's just sort of universal. So anyway, <laughs> those Snyder guys, whew, they sure do like that stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think they're gonna cut their own thing throats at this point because they, they got everything they were asking for and now they're looking for more and it's like you guys got gifted you got blessed this would have not happened under any other circumstance Um, if, if AT&T and, and HBO Max weren't so damn thirsty you'd have never gotten this fucking shit and once you got it the next thing they're like well now we do the air cut of the fucking Suicide Squad like he's some fucking theft you know great fucking auteur his own damn self Um, and, and then they're like and well, we need to continue the and all the other movies and it's just like you fuckers nobody's gonna listen to you anymore because yeah, it's never fucking enough happening. for you guys and the fact is that that fucking show is gonna come out and we're gonna be fucking bagging on that shit and again I'm the guy who's defended these movies more than anybody I just sat here and defended Wonder Woman 1984 I defended fucking Batman vs. Superman the ultimate cut because that's the only ever edition I've ever fucking seen I didn't even defended Justice League against the Snyder fans and the broader tastes I'm the most forgiving person for this shit and I still know that I'm gonna be having plenty of stuff to fucking do bitch about with those things and i know by the end of it i'm not gonna be like yeah let's get some more snyder no i'm not no i'm not uh, it's as forgiving as i might be as much as i might find some some gold amidst that uh it ultimately it's not gonna it will it, it, it'll be a fucking fly on a fucking the shit off of, of marvel you know uh it's just so i'm just I'm,
0: I'm really but see the, the problem though dude is that i mean we're saying this without realizing we're saying it the next media wonder woman will be in is going to be snyder cut yeah absolutely i'm aware, I'm very so aware of that she he's Going to roll out of 84, which is where I know you said you like the movie, is going to be critically a failure. Mm -hmm. Uh, look, keep in mind though,
2: there is one thing worth noting though is you remember you had all those positive views on the front end. I do think there are people that are positively disposed toward the DCEU, toward Wonder Woman, toward Gal Gadot, the the works, and I think those voices are getting drowned out right now as part of the pylon and as a part of the, the problem. But I think there's a lot of less critical viewers. The audience score in that movie is still in the 70s, okay? So I I think that some of this is fucking social media noise and that doesn't mean this is suddenly a good movie. I just don't think that it's bad enough that people that are game for this type of movie are going to turn on it to the degree that the social media people have turned on it. So, and in fact, I think that people who, there are going to be people who like it are going to get a little defensive about it. And so it's going to kind of go back and forth on the backlash scale. And again, that doesn't negate any of the multiple, numerous, momentous problems with this movie. I just think that there's a lot of people that are going to be forgiving it and uh, there's going to be a lot of people watching it in their homes uh, going forward. I, I don't think that it's going to die the way that a lot of people think it's going to die. I,
0: I think the audience score being in the low 70s after a week is uh, disagreeing with you. I think that, that I think the fact that it has dropped this quickly uh, into the low 70s with uh, the audience score, like the audience score is usually at least 10-15 points but higher. But you also,
2: you got to account for a lot of those are the people that are the fucking randos on YouTube that are getting their uh, uh, bringing those scores down as well. <laughs> I, I think that this is going to play to a certain demographic and I think that they're going to help to support it. I, it's not going to be as pilloried as a lot of these other movies. And the fact is, even with The Plummet, it's nowhere near as poorly regarded as Batman vs. Superman. You know, it's not in the fucking 20s and shit. If it gets down to the fucking 20s, you, you know, I'll salute you. You know, yeah, you called it, buddy. But it's nowhere near as hated as a lot of the other stuff uh, that preceded it. So, I think that if if you're geared for this type of movie, this is can be a
0: good time. Well, I mean, I will say, it did it didn't have jimmy olsen getting assassinated by al-qaeda in it <laughs> yeah so uh, or not executed not assassinated he was executed so it definitely has that going for it raping a guy is pretty close but at least they didn't do it like overtly you kind of had to put two and two together to do it um so yeah i think its score will definitely stay ahead of uh dawn of justice uh, and i did not hate this movie Donna of justice was just although it had its martha moments as mr Fixit pointed out um it, it definitely had some moments where i was like wow this is just fucking dumb but i, I, I actively hated parts of batman versus donna <laughs> justice i don't know if i actively Hated a lot of this movie. It was just like I, this is this is just dumb. This movie's dumb. Yeah. Um, well, know, kind of dumb. And that's kind of more curious, what I thought about Aquaman.
2: Oh, I'm really curious about the Snyder cut because I, I, Snyder has skated by on two previous movies, but I have an awareness of what he's capable of, and I really feel like the Snyder cut's going to be the one that actually manages to piss me off out of his movies, uh, specifically because of what they do with uh, Cyborg, but also simply the fact that you're, you're going to make a Justice League movie and the heart and soul of the movie is cyborg who w- became a member in 2011 so th- there's there's textual and metatextual shit going into that movie that's already like big red flags for my ass so it's, i'm gonna be really curious to see if this is the one that i
0: actually finally hate out of the snyder uh verse yeah well i guess we're gonna find out fairly soon here right what march is, is what i'm hearing march yeah quarter in yeah man well best of luck to you on um let me just scroll through my notes make sure there's not something like egregious i've been marking them off as we go <laughs>
3: um
0: checking those boxes um, do realize we've done nearly four hours on one 1984
2: well but we we left for an hour so it's fine uh anyway. no, no 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 i'm saying active I recording know.
0: time all right all right we're good i don't know I'm, I'm not how just to
2: trying talk. to dissuade you i'm just pointing out that uh if this makes it out tomorrow I, i'll be surprised i'm gonna try but this was the week for a movie that's this terrible we certainly have a lot of shit to talk about it's a lot of
0: bad <laughs> i mean i'm sure we've repeat we repeated ourselves several times <laughs> Ble- repeated <laughs> ourselves several times um yeah, man. No, it looks like we kind of got to everything. I I thought that yeah, the the cheetah fight, White House good, cheetah fight on the bridge bad, mm. or wherever that was. I don't <laughs> know how she fuck? found where Maxwell Lord was. I don't know how she knew where right. the right. I, I, I was. think the
2: president right. told her. I think that's what because remember that she went to talk to the president. I think it, the president told her where to go. Um, I don't understand. And again, this is a, a one one thing. One woman isn't like immune to electricity and shit. So how does she electrocute cheetah through the you know power lines and she's okay? It's like this she was okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff like that where it's like, but uh, why I would, you, why would you even need no to electrocute cheetah? What, that was potentially lethal. So she couldn't find a non-lethal way of doing it. Just, and and there's, the there's, end, there's she, no, I'm not saying there's, there's plenty of bad shed hates head shaking stuff in there. I'm not disputing this,
0: but at the end, she was no longer a feral cat. So did mm-hmm. she renounce like one of the two wishes or well, I,
2: the argument I would make is that that was the wish that she made on max Wishstone and, Max stopped being the wish stone and so she went back to her original stone wish um, that she never renounces. And I think they... It, the, Jenkins noted that she intentionally left it ambiguous what the state of uh, Barbara Minerva was at the end of the movie. So I, I I don't think that she has lost all of her abilities at the end of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like she'll be back for Wonder Woman 3 or 4 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that that may be P- the plan. Pines.
2: Just like uh, we were supposed to have that uh, two-part Justice League movie, uh, we'll see if the plan... Uh, manifest. Well, I do. Think I'm still waiting was, on the Buckaroo Barns Eye sequel. So, you know.
0: Yeah. She, but I think she was pretty well regarded in the movie. So I don't think there's going to be a. I think if they brought her back, I don't think anybody would be upset. Um, And they said Chris Pine has been recast. He's coming back. I guess he signed on.
2: Okay. For that's a. One. That's a. Okay. Come on. I, I, and I'm, I, I I like Chris Pine. I really like the chemistry between those two actors. A third time is really a fucking major ask at this point. I mean, hopefully and I just, it's just pointed out how back. the two movies parallel each other. And that's why he had to come back for this one. You cannot justify third one come on people
0: yeah no look and, and, and i'm with you that they've got chemistry and it, they killed them at the end of the first one so it's gone like it sucks and you have to find some way to bring it back i get it dude i just think they found like quite possibly the other than maybe like a force ghost they found like the worst possible way to bring it back mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is the worst possible way yeah I, but i get it they do they, they have a little more chemistry than well, anybody and, else and mm-hmm.
2: kathleen turner and michael douglas had great chemistry in the romancing the stone that doesn't mean anybody really loved joel the nile so y- y- know when to quit you know yeah <laughs> get, leave them, yep. leave them happy and wanting more. They're already, that's very much in question with this movie. So if you try to stretch to a third, it's just way too much of an ask at this point.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, like I said, we'll, we'll see. <sighs> yeah, man, that's it. That's all I got.
4: Those who came before me lived through their vocations. From to past until completion, they will turn away no more. And you still find it so hard to see what you need to see. But I'm quite sure that you'll tell me. Just how you should feel today. The 108th stage. Alan Middleton. Doctor and Babyskid Pico Django Chris Dunford Who added Christmas is early Chris Lüdon, Chris Thompson DC Tweets Doc Strange Dirk Ashton, Who added Thanks R.S.P. Ed Moore El Romero Fan Critical Fan Rolls Podcast Green Lantern H.G. Well no Salma Hayek for Christmas The Hammer Strikes Random geeky stuff I was Joe Crawford KSCGSF Podcast Keith G. Baker Kenny Crowley Jr. Jeffrey Brown John is watching cartoons Michael Wagner Mike Hudson Aliens Dome Miller Dream. Men Randy Caldwell Randy Hutchinson Ranger Gord Resurrections An Adam Warlock Antanos Podcast Reverend Adel Abner Dracula Richard G. Ryan Daly Sean Phillips Siskoid Son of Cthulhu Steve Bora, Tim Price The Podcrasher And Trekatalk. Ryan noted You don't need to re-watch Deadwood before watching the movie It does internal re-recaps Flashbacks for all the bits needed to catch up It's a remarkably simple and worthy finale To the series The 108th Sage said Yeah, I'm pretty miffed about this whole shift to HBO Max thing That some of my favorite shows Doom Patrol and Young Justice are doing And I currently don't have plans." to get this service nor keep the comics streaming service which is a shame really Kyle wrote regarding the Johnny Depp conversation wasn't he he vindicated I thought multiple witnesses came out confirming Amber Heard was batshit crazy and psycho abusive to Depp and he just took it while she verbally and physically assaulted him repeatedly in front of servant staff Kyle the short assence is no which is why Johnny Depp got shit canned off JK Transphobe's shitty prequel franchise it looks like he'll be hosting History of Swear, Word Season 2, if he's lucky.
2: The preceding program is a non fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments at the Rolled Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through the Rolled Spine Podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening.